and welcome to Geeksters. This is episode 413. I'm your host, Ed. I am your host, Sean. Hi, everybody. Hi, Ed. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <clears throat> you ready Sorry, to do this, I'm... sir? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm just, I'm just settling in, just rubbing my butt, <laughs> drinking my... This week's episode brought to you by Monster Energy Ultra Gold. It's gold. It's pineapple flavored. Mmm. And it's zero calories. Zero sugar. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. Ed, nothing <laughs> like zero sugar. <laughs> ah, bring out the monster in you. Drink Monster Energy. <laughs> I'm going to follow it up with some Coke later. (laughs) (laughs) No, I meant the soda. (laughs) (sighs) So, Ed, how's your week? Uh, Most most part uh, uneventful. I mean, well, work-wise, it was fun, but uh, I won't get into that. Um, Though, uh, I did see a movie this weekend uh, in the theater again. I went back to the theater yet again. Look at um, you living yeah. on the edge. What was Ooh, it? Jungle Cruise. I saw Disney's Jungle Cruise, and with The Rock, and yes. you know it was uh, it was really good. It was actually a really good movie. Um, <laughs> you sound disappointed. <laughs> you know it, it, it's it's just funny because uh, you know I, I I listen to a lot of these guys you know talk uh, you know people that like you know or, or think they know what they, the business is and all you know like like we are we the, the bullshitters. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I, let's be honest. We don't know. We don't know Jack. We don't know. We don't know Jack and shit. Jack left town. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither of these guys. That's that's the thing. The, the, these guys do not know, uh, you know, anything, you know, because because I mean, it's like, you know, like how successful can Disney be about doing another ride movie? You know, kind of thing. They they hit they hit big with um, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, it's like Haunted Mansion they did terrible with. Tower of Terror they didn't do really too well with. And that's a TV show. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's that's how they're that's how they're rating it. You know, that's right? How, you know, they they, they 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 put it together kind of thing and all intellectual properties. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I get it, but like, you know, like, it, you know, and I mean, they were doing the corny jokes as. Um, as in the ride, you know, kind of thing. You saw in the trailers anyway, you know, sure. kind of thing. And uh, I have to say, it was a it was a charming movie. Um, you know, it's it's Disney's Disney's finest. I mean, you know, they they have a certain time period they like to do movies in. I think because I think they they feel that that's the best time to do them. So like 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 it's a like turn of the century, like you know, like eighteen nineties slash you know nineteen twenties. You know, like in that range. Of of time period, you know, and that's that's what this is kind of based off of. You know? Well, I mean, well, wouldn't you say? I mean, because it's based on the ride. The ride has that very nineteen twenties like feel to it. You know, you can't. How do you modernize Jungle Cruise? I mean, if it modernized, it would be like a like a cruise liner, and you'd be like, hey, yeah, I'm going to play the slots on deck two. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I mean. J- Jungle Cruise is kind of like, like I mean, yeah, I guess you know it, it was funny because actually this this past week, which we actually I watched the episode was behind the attraction. They were there was a, the series of, of of uh, I, I mean, I guess it's been being released like because I think they do it once a week or so because they already have already have like I think five episodes out already. And of course yeah. the first one is Jungle Cruise. So 
we we happened to see the movie and then like that night we actually watched behind the attraction we watched the jungle cruise so it was interesting to see actually the history of the ride and then how it kind of relates to the movie because i had the rock in the in the behind the attraction you know of course you do when you get the rock you you know get him to do everything yeah (laughs) you know he's gonna plug the movie of course while he's while they're doing this history of the ride and i thought it was fascinating because basically like it was walt's idea to do because he used to do he used to travel the world and he wanted to kind of bring the world back and that's kind of the reason like you know one of the one of the why the one of the attractions he did is the jungle cruise because like where where he used to visit some of the you know like the the amazon some of these rivers and you would take these little boat cruises and they would show animals and stuff, and he thought that was fascinating because he loved animals. Sure. So, so that was the that was the. the yeah, he loves them so much, right? Keeps killing them off. <laughs> <laughs> so the parents killing the parents <laughs> off. There's a difference. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, but uh, but the the. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. So he wanted to bring it back, but of course, like back in like the fifties when they're making these this this ride, they they didn't know they couldn't get live animals because they slept mostly during the day, so they couldn't figure out a way. That's why they had these, those plastic animatronics, and actually, like the gags didn't come in till like way after too. But I'm 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 getting ahead of myself a little bit because actually the guy who designed the ride, who you know basically was one of his artists, one of his uh, you know Imagineers, uh, Imagineers, but he was an illustrator. He was drawing this ride up, and he got actually most of his inspiration from the African Queen. The Humphrey Bogart movie, okay. like from the forties or something. I don't know when it was made. It could have been the. It's 50s. Uh, yeah, Humphrey Bogart and um, oh Audrey Hepburn. Yes. Ooh, look at me with my my movie knowledge. <laughs> so it was, it was a classic movie that that they 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 inspired, and that's where the bo came from. The idea, like those kind of ideas, came from, you know, type of thing. And then, uh, it ran for I think a decade, like that, maybe less. And one of the one of the artists that did some some uh, uh popular movies funny movies uh went on the ride and told walt like this there's no gags this is right. not funny it's boring it's boring you know because because walt wanted people to go back and see it again and again and he this he he, he went and won the ride to see what was going on and he's like because he heard they were heard of one of the mothers saying like like i'm not going that ride again i've, I've already been on it like i i've seen it like it's you know it's not right like that thrilling so they wanted to do other things so walt of course wanted to do to do that so they base he basically built rebuilt the ride uh uh with with the you know with the uh different mechanics and stuff with the different animals because it was a lot of it was straightforward like the the nose of the of the the trunk would go up and down on the elephants as they sprayed instead of going left to right you know kind of thing or swirling in a right. circle so those are those are the things he added, and the, the the basically there's a script of gags. Now, of course, each boat driver can select the their their favorite jokes. They have that like range. I go whenever here's here's this section, here's this section, here's this section. Here's the jokes you should be using, and they get to pick and choose which jokes they do. So each each ride is a unique experience in itself of these yeah, dad okay. jokes that you get so it's not like the same ride and the same jokes and i've kind of noticed that because i've written the, the probably uh a lot more than i you know than i think of you know that i wrote it you know like it's it's <laughs> I, I would say that the jungle cruise pirates of the caribbean 
Uh, those are kind of the staples that if you do go to a Disneyland or a Disney World, you have to hit those two. Right. Because they're not Haunted super. Mansion, like, yeah. Yes. They're not super thrilling or exciting. They're kind of relaxing rides. But, I mean, you, you get to see the. I mean, at this point now, they're they're classic rides. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I'd say, I, and I, I mean, they're updating them now to, to be more culturally sensitive, which is great. Sure. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, so they're gonna yeah. add new jokes. Actually, it's gonna be great because 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 it's now gonna be a newer experience. Actually, uh, and and I'll be honest with you, when I the last couple of times I've been on Jungle Cruise, I didn't really see that any of the animals move too much. Uh, <laughs> so, what, 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 well, what's gonna happen is like they did with Pirates of the Caribbean. After enough time, they'll get an animatronic rock in there to like in the background to do something. Now he won't be your crew cruise guy but you'll they'll probably like you know how they have the captain jack sparrow in the pirates of the caribbean now mm. they'll probably throw a, a rock animatronic in there which of course he'll love because you know actually gets, from from all uh, the stuff i've seen i don't see the rock in it at all give it time ed okay well give it time they're, they're, they're almost done they're almost they finished they finished disneyland already in california and they're almost finished disney worlds you know you gotta get Got to give it time. When they they when they gave uh, Pirates of the Caribbean a facelift, they didn't add Johnny Depp just yet. Yeah, that's just, true. You yeah. know, yeah. you got to zhuzh it up a little bit. They have to wait to see if the movie is a hit. Because yeah. if the movie's a hit, then they'll put him in. Yes. <laughs> right now, they just need to spit and polish the whole ride. And then if it becomes like a blockbuster hit where, you know, kids are getting rock tattoos on their bodies, they'll be like, oh, let's put him in the ride. Get people to... And maybe if we're lucky, since Rock is kind of a local dude, maybe every once in a while he'll do what Johnny Depp does and actually show up for the ride. You know, <laughs> I, I do plan on watching this, this the show because the series looks interesting. And having been to Disney, the, the Disneyland's of well, is it Disneyland? Disneyland, Disney World, yeah. Disneyland's in Florida. Yeah. Okay. Having been there, I'm like, okay, well, I can see most of this stuff. However, I have strict rules not to watch it when Stacy's awake because she's never been, so she doesn't want to. She doesn't want anything spoiled. Like she doesn't want to. And, and meaning by spoiled, she doesn't want to see the Jungle Cruise ride on TV. She'd rather experience it in person. Which yeah, I can't. Okay, I know. I get it. I get. It. I just. I just feel that no matter no matter what they give you, because I mean, like when I watched it, was like it wasn't you were getting the full experience of the ride. Because there, there's a lot to that. Well, yeah, ride. there's not going to be a camera on the front deck of the boat going, okay, let's go on. It's like a two-minute cruise, and you're watching the whole thing. I get that. Right. But, you know, the scary bits or the fun bits, you know, they're going to be like, book book like the elephant. She doesn't know about the elephant or the hippo, if the hippo's still around anymore. I don't yeah, know. It is. <laughs> All right. Well, they say they're, 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 they're taking the culturally insensitive, like the masks and the, you know, like the tribal stuff right. out. Right. They're getting the stuff that people go, I don't think that plays anymore. The booker, 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 stuff. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah, the, 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 the Trader Sam's, or is it still Trader Sam's, but it's not an actual person. It's just a, like an idea kind of thing. And, you know, right. um, you know, and they have a store they are changing. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's like it's it's if if I mean the thing is is that I, I, in a way it's 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 kind of like two birds and one stone. They they get to get they get to get it make it culturally more sensitive so people can be more accepting of the ride, which is fine. But then they also refresh it a little bit so it gives it a newer style of the ride, but it's still the ride, same old ride. You know what I'm saying? Like like it's sure. still that comfort there of having the ride, but yet. 
they've updated it so that people have seen it like a thousand times. Right. Get to experience it as a new thing again, you know, and, and it's it's going to be fun that way, you know. So that's a, I, you know, I applaud Disney getting for Getting off the, the getting off the ride going, you know, I don't think the ride was as racist as it was last time I was on this thing. <laughs> 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 hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh yay that's great is it it should be <laughs> all right uh, I, I mean i recommend the movie going back to the the, the reason right why going back to the, your reason why you what you told me what you did to, you watched the movie yeah it kind of reminded me of like a mummy uh oh that's good indiana jones style movie you know kind of thing sure Okay, okay. You know, so it was, a, it was a bit of adventure. But, I mean, it was kind of, um, how do I put this without being insulting? I, I can't. I, <laughs> <laughs> it was a woke movie in a way, but it was a good woke movie. Like, this is how, like, they should make movies like this kind of thing, where it's, you know, kind of, like an equal partnership type of thing. Uh-huh. My, you know, that's, you know, it was good. Stupid women getting the come up and <laughs> <laughs> they deserve it don't get me wrong but it's just like you know i don't want it like totally shoved in my face that i have to feel guilty that i have a penis you know like... ed the only reason why you feel guilty is because maybe you did bad things <laughs> i always do bad things well that's but i don't know, do bad just... things to women so <laughs> why should no. i feel guilty about that you have a penis and you're you're a white heterosexual male you are the cause of all the problems, Ed. And once you accept that, life's so much better. <laughs> Whether you are actually involved in it or not, once you just realize, you go, you know what, I, maybe I should keep my mouth shut, maybe I shouldn't have an opinion, because why, old white man, <laughs> I'm just going to, you kids do whatever you guys want to do. I'm just going to be over here and just remember the old, good old days. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how, like, my this past week I've been thinking about that, especially after the uh, whole... Uh, um, uh, 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 he man, he man, revolution. I finished. I finished that series, but I will get to me later. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we get to you now because that's, like I said, that's pretty much all I did this week. You know, um, you know, I did go to a Best Buy today, which was weird. Um, <laughs> weird because you were hoping for the best, and you realize you're at Best Buy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, <laughs> it's it's just sadder and sadder. I actually went to the one. Uh, this is going to be for local kids. Uh, up on 611. Uh, I was up in that area t- t- this oh, afternoon, cool. and I, you know, and, and my wife's like, oh, uh, are you watching what I got? I'm like, yeah, I'd like to stop at Best Buy just to look, you know, kind of thing. And it it made me cry. <laughs> it really did. Like, I didn't cry, cry, but I mean, like, I'm like, I was up really, like, like disappointed and, like, sad. Like, I, I, stayed th- I think we need to bring back Suncoast Video. Yes. For those people who don't know, who never heard of it, Suncoast Video was exactly what it sounded like. It was a store where you bought, at the time, video cassettes and some DVDs at the time. Um, most of the video cassettes were of the, um, what they called the moratorium cheap price cut, where it was like, hey, you could buy 1989 Batmans for like 20 bucks. Woo! Or you could have bought Legends of the Fall for 100 <laughs> Like, um, But most of the time, though, it was, it was just you walked in there and it was just, a store, like an av- a nice size store, full of just movies that you could buy. Right. They had it broken down into romance, comedy, adventure, black exploitation films, um, Japanese anime films. It was obviously they didn't have the adult, like adult, adult like, section, but it was still like if you were a movie buff and a movie collector, it was kind of like it was like um, 
a, a movie version of Barnes and Noble. Yeah, where it had like everything. You could just had nice some nice stuff on the walls. It was just a nice place to go, and you could just spend hours in there, just going, "Oh, I wonder what's out now." Let me. Oh, and then you just kind of pondered, "Do I want to buy this? Do I want to buy that?" I, I, and I, I blame. I don't want to blame, but I, I, I know it's the 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 price of progress. You know, like buying movies on video on video on demand. I mean, like, well, let's face it, they just released a Fast Nine on video on demand on Vudu. Uh, Batman: The Long Halloween Part Two is out now, and it's early access. It's like, but the, what happened to the joy of actually going out and buying it? But it's it's a thing of the past. That's it's it's a relic. Of consumerism, yeah, I, I, I get that, but I mean, it's just like, like the, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming I haven't been to our local Best Buy in months, but I remember there was two aisles, like at least you know, two sides for each aisle, you know, but it was like four sides. It wasn't much to it, but you're going okay. This one only had one, and then oh. like those little like exterior cart things that they would, like the the standy kind of things. That would have right. it, uh, you know, with the you know the specials or whatever, but it wasn't there. None of those were special because they were they were all like still expensive. Because I, like like there was only two things I was interested in. I didn't buy it because of the price of it, like the uh, 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 Kong versus Zilla movie. It was twenty eight bucks. I'm like, eh, yeah, I get was the Blu-ray. It, was and it the Blu-ray? Or? What's that? Was it the Blu-ray? Yeah, Blue Day DVD digital combo pack. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, that's still kind of high for that. I mean, especially with the 4K uh, out there. And they're, they're, they were charging like 30 something for that. And you're like, uh, you know what? I, I know I can do better if I look online. Like, kind of, you know, like, <laughs> right. like, 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 you know, I'll wait, you know, kind of thing. And then they had the collector's edition, uh, like a shout, it's called a Shout Select or Shout Factory Select. It's like, it's like, I think Shout Factory has the rights to distribute this was the explorers it's an old 80s movie i talked about before uh ethan hawk and uh river phoenix in it and it was was, i loved the movie it was a good movie it's a good kids movie for the 80s and it was 23 dollars. and i'm like "Mm, if it was 20 i would snatch it up like you know like i know it's (laughs) like you know i'm saying it's an older movie though you're you're going how much better it's on blu-ray like how much better can it be (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, like that's when I'm when I'm always going through the voodoo thing, and they're doing like, "Hey, it's the 4K upgrade," and I'm like, "Okay, what do you got?" Animal House. Uh, did that need to be 4K? Like, I, like I thought like the high def was perfectly fine. Like I don't need to see like. For me, 4K should be. I, this is going to sound kind of snobbishly move like a snobby movie type attitude. I feel like the 4K movies should be more modern movies with heavy special effects mm-hmm. like because you so you won't get that crisp visual like Godzilla versus Kong watched on HBO Max on a 4K TV streamed it it looked gorgeous but I don't think and don't get me wrong I mean I like <clears throat> some of the older movies that are out there like Butch Cassidy the Sundance Kid okay it's great and it looks good and it's awesome but does it need to be in a 4K like what what's what's there to, to make it now again, like I said, I know that sm- sounds very like, sorry, sir. Mm. Yeah, but that's the, the, but make me to wash your ass for you, sir. I don't. <laughs> I don't say. I don't think it's really that snobbish because the the reality of it is is, uh, like with like, 
it wasn't that technology wasn't around then. So how great of a movie can it be if you upgrade it to 4K? Like like how right? Like, if, if, if for those people, I would say for those people who remember the time where George Lucas went back and redid the Star Wars movies the first time, it it looked a little it it looked more fake then than it did when it originally was out because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like oh I could do this better can you like oh you know here's a great example I have this the original Star Trek TV show on Blu-ray but I have the edition where you can watch either the old original version or the new upgraded remastered edition where they redid the special effects and you're like oh my god that sounds kind of cool it's not really because they upgraded the special effects and the ships would to make the ships look like they were right out of the 60s. So they still looked they didn't look great. They looked good, but it just was like, well, maybe it could have been better. Like maybe you should have like it's not the Enterprise TV show. It's Star Trek and the special effects while they were nice, sometimes they were like that looks really fake. Yeah. <laughs> like like I maybe you should have went with more realism cuz that would have probably not pulled me out of the those cutscenes. <laughs> like well I, I remember I remember seeing the menagerie the original series it was the menagerie part 1 and 2 it was about it was they took the pilot of the first Star Trek show that they they never really aired I don't think right. on original TV and then they used that in in this thing and it's like there was this Captain Pike cuz he was actually the original captain of, of Star Trek. I mean I know a lot of nerds are like yeah we Right. They're like duh. <laughs> But, but uh, they we saw it in the theater because they redid it, and the son of uh, Gene Roddenberry, I think it was, uh, basically took it as a pet project of his to redo it, and they redid the like the all like spaceship scenes and all on the on the space right. kind of things and all they 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 redid those in a way. I mean, like the initial you know uh, f- uh, for live photography that they did with the the actors and all they couldn't do anything with i mean they could clean it up as best they could with with the filters that they used you know kind of thing but the ships looked like as you said they looked fake they looked like cartoony in a way and it was like right. it was kind of cool and kind of terrible at the same time because you're going right. i mean they spent i remember they used to you know they would watch documentaries on this stuff that take like all this time just to film like a ship scene to go by like a you know, they, they, they go across the Enterprise, you know, and they have to build this model that take months on end to build. And then, like, you know, and then they had to film it, you know. So it took forever to do all these, like, practical shots of the Enterprise and then trying to put it in the CGI space or, you know, well, and, the, of course, back then, I think they just did, like, the poked holes in the black paper. Right. <laughs> with the lights in the background for stars, you know, kind of thing. And the way the camera moved, it looked like it was moving. It was like like the... You know, like a lucky accident, like kind of thing. I remember, you know, it was like one of those type of things. So you, you see, you go and yeah, like can you can you really uptick that to 4K? Because I know they released, I think they released it not too long ago, in 4K, and you're like, yeah, I don't know if right. it's worth it. <laughs> um, let's see, I I finished watching uh, Masters of the Universe. Okay, I still enjoyed it. I thought it was good. The cliffhanger ending was great. I can't wait for the next five episodes. Um. For the record, all 10 episodes are done in the can, so to speak. So it's not like they're going to go back and rework whatever the plot line people were bitching about. Um, in fact, I would say that if you... Um, the most recent Fat Man on Batman, 
I'm sorry, Fat Man Beyond uh, podcast uh-huh. is actually called He Man Beyond because they were doing this um, a Masters of the, like this Revelation celebration type thing uh-huh. uh, at down in Jersey. So Kevin had um, the guy who does the voice of Orko on. I only listened to I just started listening to it. But, of course, they talk about all the controversy about stuff like that and about some of the things like uh, how the sh- how people are re- accepting of the show and how people are, are bitching about the show. And it's it's a fascinating listen to. Like, uh, I know how we were talking. Like, I got to the episode about her power type thing. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I was like, okay, I can see why Ed could be upset about this because it doesn't really get into why, what that power is. But that's because apparently you need to watch episode six of the original He-Man series, which is called Tila's Quest. (laughs) Uh, It actually talks about. I don't know if you remember, Ed, and I I I don't know if you remember, Ed, but Man of Arms isn't her biological father. Right. You know, um, in fact, I think I saved it to kind of give you a synopsis because I was like. Oh, well, that's interesting um, because it has to do with who she is and like on the inside that stuff. Also, by the way, the writer of that particular episode was Paul Dini. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, using email, using Man of Arms memory projector, Queen Marlena recalls her crash landing on Eternia. She was an astronaut from Earth before she was stranded to meet and met King Randor. Uh, Prince Adam asks if she misses Earth. She replies that she would not trade her life for Eternia for anything. Tila comes looking for the prince, who is late for his combat practice. She uses the memory projector on Adam, revealing that he went fishing instead. Meanwhile, Orko is tinkering with Amanda Arms Workshop, trying to create a music box. The box eventually contains explosive and explodes in the laboratory. Uh, Orko escapes. Tila comes in the walk to talk with her father. She tells him that she wishes she had a mother like Adam does and that she would like to know more about her biological parents. Man at Arm tells her that her father was a great warrior who was killed in battle and he is proud of adopting Tila, but that her mother's identity is secret, which she which she promised never to reveal. Tila tries a memory projector, but recollections are only of Man at Arms. So I think that that part right there has to do, picks up in the new show. Right. Like, she she discovers that she's maybe meant for more. I just the the podcast was, of course, I went to that one because I was like, okay, well, you know, it's it's, and it it kind of, I think you would benefit from listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> I just because I think some of the questions that I couldn't answer at the time and I can't really answer was answered better through them, the people who voiced and helped create what you're what you watched. Um, ultimately, though, it came, comes down to the conversation. Is like, look, some people are going to like it. Some people aren't going to like it. It's, you know, a matter of opinion, I guess. But uh, so I, I finished that. Um, I also watched a interesting documentary. Ed, I'm a Queen fan. I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've seen you at the drag clubs. I know you. <laughs> um, also, kind of a, a, I don't know if you know it or not, but. Queen still does go on tour. Yes. Uh, goes on tour with Adam Lambert. Yes. The uh, runner-up of that season of... Um, Seasons of American Idol, yes. American Idol, right. So on actual... Um, on 
Netflix, there's a, a, a documentary called The Show Must Go On, the Queen and Adam Lambert story. Uh, so I was like, well, let me, I started watching it and it kind of took me a couple of days to watch it only because Stacy was interested in it. And then she went to go to bed. So we actually finished up like the middle of the day. It was very fascinating, very interesting because it talks about Queen and where they were at that point. And, and they also go into like, hey, who Adam Lambert is now. I, I like Adam Lambert. I mm-hmm. have, well, my mom bought his debut album and I was like, I wanted to listen to it. And I actually want quite, I'm quite enjoying it. And I think he's a hell of a performer as well. So it was it was kind of interesting because you got to actually hear the story, but then also see them perform not the whole song, but you definitely see them perform songs in concert. Right. Clearly, this was done over the course of some time. Um, I highly recommend if you're a Queen fan and you're not really sure how you feel about you know someone that's not Freddie singing Queen songs, definitely watch it because I, I I I think he does a good job, and I would I would definitely go. I would support going to see it. Like if I knew they were coming to Philly, they were, I think at one point they were coming to Philly. I wouldn't mind seeing them because mm-hmm. you, know, you get to see hear Queen songs and it looks like a good time. At least from what I saw in the concert footage, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, like I, I mean, I knew who Amber Lambert was and Adam Lambert. Sorry, it was and um, uh, I'm not saying it wasn't. I wasn't a fan of him. I just didn't think much. Uh, I don't say I won't think much of him. I mean, I just, I'm like, okay, he's he's a singer, and he, you know, he tried and he didn't win or whatever. And it's like, of course, I'm not a, I'm not an idol person. I'm not an American idol. Right. Follower. Yeah, me either. I, Being I a, just find it funny that all the people who are really famous from American Idol, only two of them really won. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first two, Kelly Clarkson, who doesn't really make music anymore, I don't think, and Carrie Underwood. You know, everybody else. Daughtry, I think, came in fourth. Yeah. Adam Lambert came in second. But you know when we're, they they talk about that because they have footage because Simon Cowell's on the, in the documentary and they have footage of American Idol, and I didn't see that season. I remember my mom really loving them and really kind of rooting for them kind of thing. And then when they're showing me that the two of them are on stage, Adam and whoever the guy who won is, I'll be honest, I don't still fucking remember. Like <laughs> <laughs> when they're on stage with Queen, you could definitely because uh, they talk about that moment. I'm like, wait, who the fuck is that guy? Adam didn't like. I was like, I don't. I don't. Didn't think he won, but I didn't think he was the runner-up. I thought he got knocked out earlier because that's what happens in most of the good talent, like Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> well, you know, but just like like like. I mean, I remember one year there was the Rupert Stut- Rupert Stuttered and, and Clay Aiken. Clay Aiken, and everybody knows Clay Aiken because he's he's been on tour and they call they have fans they call him Claymates or whatever, and right, uh, <laughs> it's a whole thing. And you're you're kind of like you know you're you you're uh, you know, but Ruben Stutter won. Like he was, he was the winner. And I kind of, kind of thing. And I know he was in, like, in a Scooby Doo movie, uh, one of those live action ones. Right, right, I, right. When it was, it was right when he won. Right. <laughs> like you got a oh new guy he won. Let's put him in something real quick. Let's make let him a walk on. Like right now, if someone, if some kid were gonna watch that Scooby Doo movie and he walked on the stage, they'd be like, who's that? And mom, either mom and dad know, or they don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't remember. Why are they making a big deal out of him? I don't know. You know who he ain't? He ain't Prince. <laughs> like everybody knows what Prince looks like. Everyone knows what Michael Jackson would look yeah. like. Well, had he been alive, but you know, it's it's. I don't know who's 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 that guy. I don't know. <laughs> exactly, and then, you know, and it's to say there's like like you said there's there's a lot of there's a lot of like more popular people, and I'm like, how did they win? Like. 
because it wasn't like the the, the people it's, voted. The problem is when you let the public vote. <laughs> but that's to say, like, 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 I mean, like, people, like, people's careers actually still live and die by the people. So, like, you know, like, voting for somebody is one thing, but like, seeing them in the media, you know, is still like people are still like buying like stuff, especially Daughtry and and uh, Clay right. and all that kind of stuff. They're they're still, you know, like you know, like Kyra Clarkson's the only one I think that like had a hit song, a couple of hit songs. And then actually does, does a talk show. Like, she's still relevant, you know, in a way. You know, <laughs> like, like Right. She's... Well, Carrie Underwood's still relevant because – but you don't listen to her music because she's in country. country. Right. You know, um, I know Clay Aiken did the Broadway scene for a very long time, so he'd probably still be on there. I, Jennifer Hudson's a movie star. I mean, she goes from yeah, Luke right. coming in fourth place in American Idol to winning an Oscar. Right. <laughs> like, American what? Yeah. You know, like um, she's actually coming out with a movie where she plays Aretha Franklin yeah. called Respect. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't have gotten that is damn near picture perfect casting. I mean, she can hit those notes. She can. I mean, and the movie looked really, really good. I'm actually really excited to see that movie the way I was excited to see Get On Up or um, what was another uh, Rocket Man, yeah. <laughs> you know. Like, I'm really excited to see this movie because I'm like, she's going to crush it. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm talking, I'm predicting Oscar nominee for that movie. Okay. That's, that's what I'm, I'm putting. I'm putting Sean's stamp of approval on it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> so, Sean, did you see the movie? Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the female version of Ray. <laughs> Ray won all the Oscars, and I think that that's what's going to happen to this movie. I- I, I mean, I say you, it's, it's got all the right notes. I mean, it's got a it's got a fine actress. Oh, waka waka. And, and, and you know, and and the songs, and you know, like you you got you got a especially Uther Franklin and uh, um, you know uh, and a Jennifer Huston playing that. I mean, that's like the perfect combo right there. I mean, it's just like a like a like a duh. Like, you know, right. Like, you know, like it's 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 gonna be like a slam dunk. I mean, it's just like. But I'll be honest. I don't know who won that year. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't like, I don't I don't know. Was that the same year Clay Aiken was in it? Maybe, maybe I don't, I don't know. They all kind of blur together in some, you know, like oh, let the public vote. This is what happens. This is how you get Trump as president. <laughs> you know, you let the public vote. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, um, I, I feel like all the good singers all got knocked out because they were good singers. They weren't, they weren't a character. Right. You know, and I felt like most of the people to one was like, well, I really like him or he's cute. Let's vote for him. I was like, yeah, but that guy's got talent. He could probably go far. Yeah, we don't like him because he's bald. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, OK, <sighs> we don't like him because clearly the section of America that votes has some sort of adverse um, feels like if they vote for a person who might be a. Um, a person of a sexual orientation that somehow it's going to spread like wildfire. <laughs> you know, can't let him win because he's lighting the loafers, as the old folks would say. <laughs> you know, like, uh But he can, he's a really, really good singer. Nope, no, sir, don't like it. <laughs> he, he kissed the boy on stage. Oh, the horror. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Trying to think what else I did this week. I didn't. I did some video game and I was playing some. Uh, I decided to go back and uh, 
replay some of the Hitman stuff. Um, you know, last night I was like, I actually completed like the very the test, like the final test stage before you go into the real big adventures. Mm-hmm. I finished. I did all the little assassinations and storylines. It was like almost like I say perfected it. I was like, yeah, I feel like I accomplished something. So now I'm going to continue on. You know, hopefully, I won't get bored with it. Because <laughs> there's nothing else video game wise that I'm at all interested in. Yeah. That's kind of what it's, I didn't really do much else. Oh, uh, that's right. We did watch a new Disney show. Thanks for reminding me. The um, Benedict Secrets Mysterious Society. Okay. I, it's actually pretty good. It's 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 cute. Um, it's based on a book. It's got um, Tony Hale, I think his name is. Um, and some bunch of kids. Kids are, you know, most of the time when kids act, they're mostly no names. So I don't never seen them before. But it's like your typical kids novel turned into a TV show where there are four exceptional kids and they have to go infiltrate because of the emergency, which is basically some subliminal subliminal machine that the bad guy created that the kids are going to have to to bring down of course there's more you know a little bit more than that but i don't want to spoil anything it's it's not bad it's it's cute um yeah i mean that's that was it i'm trying to think did i watch anything else watched matches at work but we talked about that last week it's yeah well i i i actually watched it i watched it uh um i'm trying to think when i watched it i I watched it uh, a week ago saturday and then i watched the last episode uh friday I liked it. I thought it was charming. I thought it was, you know, monsters. The monsters at work. I don't. I don't hate it. I just like, yeah. <laughs> it's just not your monsters at work. It's no, it's you, not. It's not. So, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> sucks when you hear that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I'm okay with it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I mean, I watched it and I was like, all right, you know what? If there's there's moments that I'm like, oh, okay. What's the lesson? got it all right it's quaint it's not my monsters inc it's probably for some kid who's sitting there going mommy i like the monsters inc i like the one with the big giant horns and you're just here going you know mine's the big furry one the guy sounds like you know in cusco (laughs) you know (laughs) that's my that's that's the one that sounds like roseanne's husband that's my favorite (laughs) (laughs) sounds like dan connor It, you're right. It is a quaint show. I'm not hating on it. I it, it was enjoyable. I'm just not like, ooh, a new episode. Gotta watch it. <laughs> well, I mean, every, everybody's got their thing, and that you know. Sure. Like I said I, I I highly enjoyed it. I'm, I'll probably watch the series. So uh, you know, I'll, I'm you know, but I'm a Disney fan, so you you kind of get used to that idea. You know, like like. You go and oh, we've got this show, and it's like from a movie, fam- that famous movie. Yeah, the the stars that you know and love, they're not in it, <laughs> or right. or they do cameos, and that's, that's right. basically it. They're they're very minor, uh, uh, you know, comparison because they're not they're not going to get them to do a whole session of, of recordings, you know, to you know you're you're not going to get uh, John Goodman and uh, what's his name, Billy Crystal, <laughs> Billy Crystal, the guy who helped to find the eighties. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> it's really, really, did he, did he really help to find the '80s? No, not really. I mean, he was on Saturday Night Live for a long time. He was on the TV show Soap, and he's in one of my one of my obscure favorite movies, Running Scared. <laughs> oh my god! 
<laughs> no. Wow. That's a I, that's a deep pull. <laughs> it is a deep pull. I actually had to use it in a, in a, a Facebook post. Someone was like, you know, name name two characters that had really good on screen chemistry that was, you know, that seemed very genuine. And people were like, well, this person is first. And I was like, I think Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines had really good chemistry in that movie. Yeah. And and there, I got a couple thumbs up from some strangers. I was like, yay, look at me, I felt accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Like strangers gave me a thumbs up. Oh, someone commented, "Great, you know, oh, what a great movie that was." I was like, "Yeah, it was." And I have it on my Voodoo account. I was, and after I posted that, I was like, "I kind of want to watch that because I really did enjoy." It is one of my obscure favorite movies, and I was like, "I haven't gotten around to it because I've been just dicking around with other shit." <laughs> so easy to dick around, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm one episode away from finishing. Almost the, the half the season of uh, Leverage Redemption. Okay. You know, I really enjoy that. Well, I like the original show, so then bringing it back was is nice. It's uh, it still hasn't, even with some of the new cast members, it still has the charm of the original series, which but it also has three of the original cast members in it. So it does kind of like I'm like, oh, okay, it's it's not bad, but also, you know, making room for potentially new people if you're a fan it's on imdb tv yeah. free to, free to watch uh, i think what else have i done work 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 hello boys uh my job uh something so i think there was a story i wanted to bring up at work but nope forget well, it. i guess it wasn't that you know important. what i i do want to i do want to i do want to bring something up that i I forgot about that. Actually, is a part of the movie that I saw. Okay. Um, you know, like Disney. Disney's now doing like the you know like the premiere access on Disney Plus for thirty bucks. Right, right. Or you could see it in the theater. You know, kind of thing. Sure. Now, we went and saw it in an afternoon, so we got like and the AMC's trying to I guess bring people back to the theaters. They're like, if you buy two tickets, you get one free. And then oh. it's discounted if you, you know, if you do an afternoon matinee versus, you know, an evening movie, you know, kind of thing. So they're trying to trying to fill in this, you know, the, the, this kind of void kind of thing. Right. So, you know, I uh, we went and. Uh, it, it was it, it wasn't as crowded. I mean, there was the first two rows were empty, but the, you kind of expect that anymore in movie theaters because they're the worst two rows because you're, you're looking up, you know, you're, you're not, you know, you're you. You kind of want to sit back, especially those comfy seats. You want to be kind of like further back because then you get the whole like screen. Sure, in your, you get to relax, lean back. Exactly. The only problem is, is that if you if you're because we, we we actually got the first set of tickets for that day because like we ordered them like over a week ago. Because you know oh. it's like it's it's not like the old days where it's just like yeah I got in line and you ran in you hope you got the seat you wanted you know kind of thing right. you got there early like the the you know like the weirdos that went in there early and I was one of those weirdos <laughs> so I'm not not judging back you know? in our day we had we got there early so we make sure we get the good seats right away exactly because it, was, <laughs> it wasn't assigned seating you know kind of thing where now it's like you know you have to pick your seat you know kind of thing. Right. So it was. So as I, as you can go on now and check and see if like more seats getting filled because it basically shows what's available, you know, kind of thing. So I kept checking and checking, and basically like all around me was was taken, you know, kind of thing. So I was like, all right, you know, let's 
that's fine, you know, kind of thing. But I mean, like, I didn't even spend 20 bucks for this. So I was like, you know, happy and all. And uh, so, so we're sitting there and we're watching it. Now, these, there was my well, next to my wife. There was nobody. She, there was like an empty seat filler. But next to me was his family, and I think like the kids had friends or whatever, and they were like preteens because they, they. It was a party. Right. It was. It was. It was like three or four kids and his father, you know, going to this theater and all, and it was just like, the kids wouldn't shut up. You know, right. You know, kind okay, of thing. It made it worse is that the one kid saw the movie already because they apparently have one of those sticks, those oh. those fire sticks <laughs> with the Cody, you know, kind of thing. And so I seen it because anything in theater, it's like comes up and the blah blah blah. So we already seen this, and I'm thinking, well, why the fuck are you here? Like, right. Shut your fucking mouth. Like, like, right. You just go, hey, like you know what? Fuck you. I didn't see it, so shut the fuck up. Right. So like, I mean, <clears throat> that and like, um, <clears throat> I noticed that Jungle Book is on. Like the premier access, I'm going. Well, gee, I wonder. You know, like it's, that means it's on the Fire Stick. Like I probably can find a bootleg copy, just like I did for Black Widow, which I haven't seen. I just flagged it, going, okay, I'll eventually get around to seeing it. But now I hear it's coming out in video in September. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, maybe. I guess we'll talk about that later. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll just watch it that way. But it's like because uh, I came home and my dad was watching I'm going well, I see I'm like that's a good copy I'm like oh it must be premiere access <laughs> you know but that's the I, thing but, like, like the, the, I, the but if board. I were to like okay when I saw when I saw Godzilla vs. Kong at home and then I saw in the movie theaters you didn't know you, didn't, you know what I didn't do I didn't go oh honey this is great this is where King Kong punches Godzilla right <laughs> like <laughs> So I mean, a couple of times I'm like, I'm like, shh. Of course, the dad doesn't care because he's he's right. already he's on the other side because he no, no, probably doesn't even hear me, right? And the girls are like, oh, sorry. And then they, but then they would like a couple minutes later start talking, but they kept getting right. up and getting snacks or going to the bathroom. And I'm like, and I'm like, <clears throat> I'm holding my pee, like, like I want to see, like, I, you know, like it's not like I get to see this anytime I want because I don't do this illegal access stuff. I'm like. I'll wait till it comes out on video or whatever and buy it. <laughs> I'll then. wait till I go to a Comic Con and buy a bootleg. <laughs> but if it doesn't ever come out on, on uh, video, but I mean, like, nowadays, like, anything, you can buy almost anything now online, you know, like, kind yeah. of thing, legally, you know. Right. Um, because they can make money off it and they get the rights. Somebody will somebody make Blu rays of it or DVDs of it. Um, but, uh, but the thing was, I'm thinking. You know what? If 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 it was twenty bucks, I would have done it. I would have been like, you know what? We're not going to theaters. We're gonna sit at home. I, I mean, it could be no pandemic. I mean, like just just those kind of experiences. You're going because that's that's the thing. I, that's why I don't like those soft chairs anymore. Because it's like it's great and they're comfortable and they're nice. You know, it's it's like oh, this is great. But people think they're at home. Like they get right. too comfortable, and it's just yeah. Like, but I, I think I mean I do agree to that. that there is that certain level that people can feel overly comfortable but i think that the the ta- teenagers talking in a movie theater has always been around since the beginning of the cinema i just i just think that that's going to be a default if they're not really interested in it they're just going to chit chat amongst themselves you know it's like they probably just did it just because they wanted to go out because dad was paying for it or we're just going to the mall because we want to stop at journeys or to pick up shoes but hey guess what we're also going to the movies where I'm like after movies I'm getting my nails done, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of so I think, but I think that it makes it harder, like you know when you just kind of like oh, 
it's it, when you want to bring people back into the theaters, the last thing you want to do is have a shitty theater experience three months after the, the theaters go, okay, we can full capacity now. Right. Like, it just makes you want to go, yeah, you know what? This is the reason why I stay home. And as I say, it, it just, it's just making it tougher and tougher because I know, like, because there was like all these people with the phones and they're using their flashlights to like look around and stuff. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, it did like, I'm, it's like I'm like sit down and watch the damn movie. It's two hours. Sit down, shut the fuck up, and watch the right. damn movie. Like <laughs> right. that's Can you not look at your phone for two hours. And, they, and like they're 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 using the flashlights because they're they can't see their their feet or whatever because they want to walk to somewhere and you know and it's just like. So, so, so they don't want because you know people might have their feet up. And that's a, like thing. Okay, I get the danger of that. You know, like somebody might trip over one of those damn things with their, you know, somebody's feet and they don't see or whatever. But I'm like, it's not that dark. Like, right. It is. Right. You, you can't maybe see it. You then you, you, you need phone. to get your eyes fixed because there's something wrong. Right. Or maybe if you weren't scrolling through your phone, maybe your eyes would have been adjusted to the dimness. You'd be able to see a dimwit. Yeah. So it was like it's, it was like that constant like annoyance, and I'm like I'm like. I enjoyed the movie, but I didn't enjoy the experience because it was terrible. <laughs> so that was that's just my little rant. So I, I digress. <laughs> sure, right, Ed, you rant, you bitch about the, your movie going experience, and no one's. You know what? People are so excited about finally getting out into the real world, and you're like, no, no, hold on, fake world was better. <laughs> Look at this. I didn't have to deal with people sitting in chairs, talking, having a good time at my own expense. That's right. That's right. I'm paying for this crap. I'm, right. I want to enjoy it too. My, my hard-earned cash. I expect. I want to watch the Rocket Emily Blunt be charming on screen. What I don't need to hear is Susie next to me bitching about her boyfriend Chad. How he's talking to another girl. But <laughs> <laughs> worse is that the conversation that was going on was the fact that the one girl. It's like what? What happened? Why? Why is it? I'm like, if you stayed and paid attention, you know. Right. <laughs> what did I miss? Shut your fucking pie hole. Maybe you found out. <laughs> you know what? There's not in the movie theater a rewind button or a pause button. Exactly. Bitches. <laughs> <sighs> I agree with you. Let's burn them all down. That's right. <laughs> the teenagers. <laughs> I'm at the movie theaters. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, I went out again. I'm oh, sorry. I went out again, Skywalker, there for a moment. <laughs> well, speaking of Disney Premiere Access, uh, yes. Luca's coming out this Tuesday here on the releases of the week. What is coming out this week? It's it's Luca, I, the, I said. Oh, Lucas? <laughs> yeah, Luca. That movie oh, Luca, about Luca, two, Luca, yeah. Two people, two kids in Italian. Speaking of kids, right? Yeah. yeah hey, yeah, it's yeah. me, a Luca. I'm an Italian. I'm a, I'm a sea monster. That gets turned. It's basically a boy version of Little Mermaid. There you go. That's <laughs> the way I. Had, except no singing. Because um, boy sea monsters don't sing. How do you know? Did you see it? I did. I watched oh, it. Oh, okay. Didn't I not talk about watching it? You might have, and I just don't remember. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's how interesting it was. It was cute, but it wasn't memorable. Yeah. Um, Those Who Wish Me Dead are is coming out this Tuesday as well. The uh, Angelina Jolie uh, movie. Right. Assassin. Where she's being chased by a, a what do you call it, a, a fire. And yeah. people. Right. 
Okay, what else? Uh, Transformers, the movie is coming out again. The 35th anniversary edition. Limited edition is coming out on 4K. So you feel old? Now you do. Oh, boy. Okay, what else? Uh, that is it. Uh, the only thing I, the only thing I had it was the Randolph Scott Western Collection because I always think of that Randolph Scott, <laughs> Randolph Scott. That part in in uh, Blazing Saddles where it's like, who do you think you are, Randolph Scott? Randolph Scott. <laughs> Randolph Scott. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on to video games then. Okay. Uh, we have Lemmiscate, uh, developed by uh, Rat Loop Games Canada and published by Frontier Foundry for the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC, and that'll be on Tuesday, August 3rd. Then we have Dungeon Defenders Awakened, developed and published by Chromatic Games for the Switch, and that'll be on Wednesday, August 4th. And finally, The Falconeer. Developed by Thomas Sela and published by Wired Productions for the PS4, PS5, and Switch, and that'll be on Thursday, August fifth. Oh, okay. I saw that that game was on the on for the Xbox, but I didn't know for they get the Xbox Series X. The Falcon. I thought it was. I guess it was a timed exclusive. Yeah, I mean, say they, they. I mean, it might come out, you know, next, you know, week or whatever, because that's the saying. Like, it depends on the the system now, like how they're doing it so let's just say right now ps4 ps5 and switch it's coming out this thursday but it might be xbox next week or next month or whatever because they didn't finish the game properly or whatever or it's only on digital for their systems and they didn't just didn't announce it you know through gamestop all right all right so let's get to some news news all right here we go all right, Ed, so you and I are fans of Battle of the Planets, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, apparently the Russo brothers are adapting the um, – were in plans – basically, here he goes. Classic anime show getting big movie adaptation, F9 writer attached. Uh, the Russo brothers' adaptation of Battle of the Planets is still on, and screenwriter Daniel Casey is on the job, according to a report by Deadline. Uh, just so you know, Casey's coming off the success question mark of F9, uh, <laughs> the latest installment of Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, he may just be the right choice to turn the beloved anime Battle of the Planets into a new cinematic universe. As <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's um, it was back in the 70s. It was in Japan. It was called Science Ninja Team Gotcha Man. Uh-huh. Or simply Gotcha Man. Uh, Joe and Anthony Russo, the directing duo behind the last two Avengers movies, announced that they were working on a live action adaptation of Battle of the Planets back at Comic Con in 2019. Um, like so many other projects, this one's been plagued by delays. Um, but now they have a promising update about the creative team. Casey is reportedly working with the Russo brothers through their AGBO production company. Not only the script for the movie, but some fundamental writing to turn Battle of the Planets into an ongoing multi-platform franchise. Because, of course, now you can't just have a standalone movie anymore. You need franchises, Ed. You need them. IP, series after series. We want Gotcha Man 27 coming your way. (laughs) Uh, The team reports hopes to start the big screen and movie into other forms of media. 
Uh, he's Casey's reportedly working closely with uh, Tatsunuko Productions, the animation studio that created the original Blood on the Planets anime, to ensure that the adaptation is faithful and authentic. Uh, he was created, uh, just so you know, Tatsunoko, sorry, was created by Tatsu Yoshida and his brothers specifically to adapt Battle of the Planets, which began as a manga, uh, a manga, whatever, written by and illustrated by Yoshida. Um, just to let you know, for those people who don't know, Battle of the Planets follows a team of five orphans trained from a young age to form an elite intergalactic military squad called the G-Force. That's how I remember them. Uh-huh. Uh, they are sworn to protect Earth and its allies from otherworldly invading forces. The show was one of the first anime series to achieve widespread success in the U- U.S. when it aired in the hours after school, typically ended throughout the late 70s and early 80s. Uh, that's pretty much when I watched it. Uh-huh. Um, Battle Planets is unique among anime since it was not translated so much as ad- ad- adapted. According to Frenchie Lunning's book, Fanthropologies, the American student that got the rights to Gachamon did not translate the Japanese dialogue. Instead, American writers were hired to write new dialogue to fit the existing animated scenes. Uh, many sequences were taken out to avoid con- controversy from parents, as well as including graphic violence and profanity. Um, the results is a relatively similar but different story set with the same visual beats. Battle of the Planets is beloved by, by anime aficionados in the U.S. to this day. There is no telling what the new adaptation will go into production or when it will premiere. Um, okay, well, I'm a fan. I, I, I liked the show. Um, I think one of the big one of the big reveals for me, I think, was the fact that the main bad guy was female. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. At least you know what. Now at this point, I don't know because <laughs> if it was translated, if the American, if they had American writers, for all I know, it could have been a completely different bad guy. You know, I remember them. It was like someone's sister, or I think it was someone's sister. I. I I don't. I remember them pulling off the helmet finally, and you go, "Oh my god, it's a woman!" Yeah. Now I'm like, "Oh my god, it's a woman!" Like, was I or was I was I told it was so it didn't so there was no controversy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> now I'm starting to question my. I have to have to go back and. Jeez. <laughs> well, it's Ooh. it's. I mean, I mean that's that's that you got to figure out on your own. I, I can't right. help you there. Um, you know, but I mean, like that was the thing, like, like there's a, there's a lot of a plethora of videos out there that you like, especially documentaries based off of a lot of Japanese anime that's translated here in the U S and a lot of it is not accurate at all, especially the late seventies, early eighties, uh, like Robotech and star blazers and battle of the planets. These were all series that were pulled, uh, and, 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 Used basically and recycled, uh, um, uh, and and like re- basically remade into a U.S. to the, for the U.S. for the U.S. Uh, public viewing, because it was. I mean, a lot of Japanese anime is very adult oriented, which which people right. like can't wrap their heads around sometimes, and it's really kind of funny, right? Because to, because American adults can't fit. Well, now 
well, back then, back let's say then. back then, right? Back then, couldn't accept the fact that adults like to watch cartoons just as much as children do. It, it was frowned upon if you watched any kind of animated, if outside of a Disney movie, hypothetically, if it was any kind of Japanese anime, you were weird or why are you watching that? Like now, as a teenager. Like now, as an adult, you can go, I'm an adult, I can watch whatever the fuck I want to watch. But right. back then, there was still that stigma of, it's a cartoon, it's for children. <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, like, you know, like, you're, you're in office and, you know, like, it's the 19, you know, 50s. And Harvey, what are you doing this weekend? I'm going to see Bambi. Right. You have no kids. Like, you know, like, like you, you, you kind of get that, like, you know, like weirdo you know like oh my god why is he going to watch a kids movie by himself with no kids is he uh does he like children yeah no no, i like animation why do you like anime that's for children and then and (laughs) that's the thing like like you know i I mean like 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 back in the day i mean even up until i mean like a certain time like like people thought like attic like and all animation was for kids and that was the other thing too because it's like you watch some of this stuff like when we were kids it was like it, like they edited it down to it but I, it was, I hear he I hear he drives a van <laughs> but it's sorry. <laughs> sorry in my head like that I was just a middle aged guy in the 50s driving around watching Bambi in a in like a van with no windows and people are like oh my god he's a weirdo <laughs> Have windless man back in the eighties. That started in the seventies. It was the equivalent of a, of a window. What would be the equivalent of a windowless van back in the forties? I don't know. <laughs> of course, though, like of course, though, kid, like Sta- station wagon. Yeah, station wagon, pretty much. Um, but. <laughs> Anyway, as, but to... point, the, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is the fact is, is that when we were kids and we watched it, some of that stuff like slipped through because like they couldn't fit, figure some things around. So was, there was some violence and some people died and that kind of thing. So it was like more realism than you know things. So uh, more realism than than what kids were used to. And we got to see different, like, aspects of life in terms of, like, these shows. So it was more, like, it was semi-adult, semi-kid, because, like I said, a lot of these adult, or um, a lot of these American companies that were getting these imports found out, you know, like, oh, we can make money off of this. We just reha- need to rehash stuff. Because, I like, there's some there's some shows, I think, and, I'm, I'm, and I, I could be wrong with this, but it was, I think it's, like, uh, Sailor Moon, like, there's there's a cousin or something like that, and they redrew it a little bit, and it's actually like two, like uh, 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 lesbians, but they're they, okay. they make them cousins here in America because you know think of a thing because the way they hug and they're they're close right. to each other, but they're actually in Jap Japan, they're lesbian lovers, you know, like kind of thing, and it's like, and they're kind of young, so you're kind of going whoa, you know, it's a little bit too much for our American audience, so we need to you know, uh, bring that back a bit. So that's, that's why they, they made some of those adjustments. But let me say that's, that's just one example. There's, there's several examples of a lot of stuff that they, like I said, the war and stuff and the violence, and they actually did tone that down somewhat. But after a while, you kind of go in like Robotech or, or, uh, Battlestar Galactica or even, even, uh, 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 Battle of the Planets. I mean, these were shows, that's what it was, is a lot of fighting, you know, kind of thing. 
you know, where, where like 80s G.I. Joe was like you would you would see them shoot a ship and the ship would explode. But you see the guy in the parachute like getting away, you know, kind of thing or or, or live action a team where people would flip over their trucks or whatever. But you'd see them get out with maybe holding their backs like, oh, you know, they're hurt, but they're not like dead. You know, <laughs> I think they could still. Walk right. From it. So that's the that's the kind of thing that we grew up with. You know, that was the, the, the thing. So Battle of the Planets was, you know, was, was along those lines where they had to rehash that show uh, to make it let, more kid friendly because that's what, they're, that's what they were marketing for was the kids uh, type of things. But I mean, like I said, no, I'm excited, though, for this live action. Um, you know, I, I actually want to try and revisit the, the series again, go back and maybe watch the whole series of Battle of the Planets. I've, every once in a while, I swing around and look and, you know, uh, you know, uh, try and find it either digitally or uh, thing. I found it once digitally. Now it's gone from that platform, so I'll have to look. You know, look again and all, and see if I can find it. Um, and and uh, you know, if I have to buy it on DVD or something, watch it that way. But uh, I'm afraid if I I buy it on DVD, it's gonna be like a hundred bucks or something. <laughs> some ridiculous amount because it's not it's not in print anymore. It's out of print, so it's like, right. Yeah, you know, expensive. But that's you know. And well, Ed, um, did you see, you saw Detective Pikachu, right? Not yet. I have it, but you know. oh, I highly recommend it. It's a very cute movie. It's very, it's actually a really good movie. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because there's going to be a they're trying to there's a a Pokemon live action series is an early development at Netflix with uh, Lucifer's uh, the guy who created Lucifer <laughs> trying to bring it to TV. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, Lucifer's coming to an end soon because they have their sixth and final season to be streaming soon. But um, he's preparing to... <laughs> he's... Um, he's sources say that Joe Henderson is attached to write and executive produce. Uh, he's currently... So, uh, show, sorry, he's currently co-showrunner over on Lucifer. Um, so that the, the, the sources also say that the project would be a live action series akin to the Detective Pikachu film which starred Ryan Reynolds and uh, Justice Smith back in 2019 so I'm just saying um, I'm, okay I thought that was interesting I'm like I think I thought the the Pokemons looked really really good in that movie so I'm just saying go out there and watch it and, <laughs> I mean um, I'm, I definitely I definitely want to see it uh, I, mean, I mean I'm not a huge pokemon fan uh i, I think it's it's just uh, it's stopped my time and you know kind of thing yeah, I, but i, I am agree. curious with about the show about the movie itself and i would be curious about the show because i mean like anything like that is kind of interesting to to see because you know i mean nintendo was very guarded especially after super mario brothers uh came out because I don't, I don't think there's anything been since uh here in the u.s that was nintendo related that I can think of that, like, I mean, like, I think they did some cartoon shows with the, well, of course they did Super Mario Brothers and, uh, yeah, but uh, cartoons Zelda. are different. Right. Uh, but they, they, they pretty much stayed pretty on par. I mean, when they, when they did that, uh, Super Mario Brothers movie, um, it was just, um, a mess. And, uh, so it was, it was one of those, uh, things that Nintendo was very guarded about making movies. And, and I, I know they've done stuff, um, uh, um, you know, in Japan and stuff, but it was really more like, like again, cartoonish anime, 
um, stuff, right. and that's 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 as far as they've gone. So this is kind of like I think the first since since uh, uh, Detective Pikachu that they've gone beyond um, uh, uh, doing this. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see. So I'm kind of glad they're doing it, you know, because it's going to be it's going to be great to see uh, them, you know, branching out and, and especially to the American audience and you know, well, that's the world audience, but you know, like. Especially here in America, you know, giving them a shot to uh, to work on this. So hopefully, uh, they do well and it, you know it's just very successful. But I'll definitely check it out. Okay, well I tell you, check out Detective Pikachu. It's actually a really good movie. It's funny. It's funny and it's got a heart to it. It's, it's pretty. Uh, I mean, you won't shed a tear because you're soulless. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you got that right, sucker. <laughs> You'll probably go, yeah, it was a cute film. Yeah. I thought they had me, but now, you know, and then I realized I have no soul, so I, I dried up real quick. <laughs> I, I felt that tear went <sighs> right back in. There you go. You almost got me. <clears throat> it felt oh, that that lone tear fell down the bottomless pit, which is my heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ed, um, were you a Smallville fan? Yes. Well, Ed, do you know that that show is going to be coming up on 20 years old? <laughs> now I feel old. Uh-huh. <laughs> the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I saw this I saw this, and I was like, Sean's got to start saving, put some pennies aside. Smallville, the complete series, 20th anniversary edition, first ever Blu-ray release announced. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. 20 years after it premiered. Smallville is finally coming to Blu-ray for the first time. Uh, Warner Brothers Entertainment System announced on July 30th, so a couple days ago, that to celebrate 20 years of the CW's longest-running superhero show, because they can't say longest-running show because Supernatural got to beat. (laughs) Their longest-running superhero show, Smallville, the complete series 20th anniversary edition, will soar into Blu-ray for the first time ever and wait for it, October nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Wow! The this set is for the ultimate fans. Features all two hundred and eighteen episodes, along with over twenty eight hours of bonus features from all ten seasons, plus an included digital copy that can re- be redeemed on Movies Anywhere. I think it's movie. I, so there's that. Uh, while it does not appear that there is any new bonus feature created for the anniversary collection, the box set will include two DVDs worth of bonus content originally exclusive to the 2011 DVD release of Smallville, the complete series. Hmm. So there you go, Ed. <laughs> Put Mark that down in your calendars, folks. It is the 19th of October. Wow. Wow. All right. Start saving your money. Yeah, I'm sure. It's going to be expensive. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, all right, Ed. Um, apparently, there's a Waterworld sequel in the in the happening. You're kidding. <laughs> nope. See, I find some gems every once in a while. <laughs> For those people who don't know, there was a movie called Waterworld, which was directed by Kevin Costner, and it was basically... Exactly what it sounds like. It is a world where the oceans have finally risen to the the polar caps melted, raised the oceans above sea level, uh, flooded 90% of the earth, and most people live in a water world. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> um, whew, okay, so <laughs> Waterworld will continue with a series, a sequel series, by the way. Um, just to let you know, too, that movie is almost is over 25 years ago. Um, <laughs> and it's the Waterworld universe will be expanded with Dan Trachenberg on board to direct a continuation series more than 25 years after the original movie. Um, Also, just to let you know, that movie... It's... What was that? No. Stacy just was like, is that scary? I'm like, no. Waterworld is not scary. It was scary because it was three hours long. It was scary how how badly it bombed in the box office. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you were if you were footing the bill, those bills were scary as hell. <laughs> Here's the premise, because clearly I'm going to have to explain it. Uh, Kevin Costner was uh, an actor. He played Pa Kent in the Man of Steel movie. For those of you who know that movie, it's probably the most thing I probably could. He was other things for you and I, but most most famously now he's Pa Kent from yeah. Man of Steel. Um, he. Did directing, he directed the movie Dances with Wolves, won an Oscar. He then went on to direct his next movie, I believe, was Waterworld. And the problem with that type of movie is there wasn't blue screen, there wasn't computer animation, there wasn't so everything had to be done practically. So all, all their scenes had to be put on water, mm-hmm. actual ocean. But you had to be far out enough that you couldn't see anything around you or at least worry about camera angles. But there's been stories of like storms destroying sets and sets getting flooded and getting washed away. Like it was a mess. I think, geez, how the budget got so crazy at the time. Well, I I looked it up to to say, you know, I think so. Now, this movie was released. um, I'm going to see here uh, real quick. Um, shit, when was this released? It doesn't say... Uh, oh, uh, 1995. So this is a 95. So this is a... 1995. 1995. July 20th, 1995 is the release date of this. It made... it with The budget was budgeted between 172 to $175 million. Okay, so now... back then was on, a lot of money. Back then, $175 million was a lot. Nowadays, it's like your average Marvel movie. I think, I think yeah. like, the average movie was, like... 40 million dollars kind of thing right so you're going so you kept hearing that this and the the budget wasn't supposed to be 170 million dollars it blew up to that because of the fact of all these problems that they had with this building of the sets and all and people at back then it was just like well it's kevin costner just cut him a blank check because he's an oscar winner he's be, you know very beloved actor and a successful director all his movies so you figure his second movie were out the gate it's going to be phenomenal. It's kind of like with Mel Gibson. You know, it's like, oh, this is going to be great. Awesome. Just keep running. Just how much, what happened? I guess shit happens. Give him some more money. So now the problem with that is, is that you're trying to get a $175 million movie in 1995 to make over $175 million in the box office. There was no way that that was going to catch up to it. And on top of that, movie was a little silly (laughs) you had kevin costner pee into an apparatus and then at the end of the apparatus was a glass of water that he drank (laughs) (laughs) and apparently it was a practical effect too that someone actually had to 
find a way to filter that out. <laughs> like, and 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 I remember Dennis Hopper's in it. Um, I mean, the movie for 1995 standards, I don't think it was a super horrible movie. It was like Man Max on water. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just them sequelizing like I there is I can't in my head I'm like really I mean okay enough years have gone by probably someone was like I remember that movie that was my favorite movie of all time I was a kid and I loved it but I, I can't you know you go like alright I mean you because maybe you didn't know like you didn't watch any news but apparently it, it obviously famously bombed in the theaters but producer John Davis who produced the original alongside with Charles Gordon, Larry Gordon, and star Kevin Costner, is on board to develop a new Waterworld TV series, which plans to bring back the original characters. Ugh, I really should have read this. <laughs> um, Dan Trachenberg, who, just for the record, helped create 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I think is a great movie. Uh, he's also been tapped to direct, though it's unclear who will be running the series. Um, David Davis told Collider's Jeff Snyder that we're going to be doing the streaming version of this of that movie and continuation of that movie. So, uh, while he didn't specifically mention Costner or any of the other actors from Waterworld will return, Snyder indicated that would be the case by explaining that the series is set twenty years later, featuring all of those people twenty years later. Um, <laughs> however, Davis producing par- partner at Davis Entertainment, John Fox added, <laughs> this is where it makes me laugh, we're not 100% sure on how to approach the show, but definitely we're in the building stages right now. <laughs> <laughs> Someone went, I bet you can't make Waterworld a TV show. I'll take that bet. How are we going to do it? Fuck if I know. We'll just figure it out as we go. Isn't that how they did the movie? Exactly. In spirit of the original. Fuck what the fuck have I know? <laughs> well here, here's the thing though. As of as of Wikipedia is saying that the, actually the box office made two hundred and sixty four point two million dollars. Now well, of course there's a caveat that I think it was re released a couple of times in the in the past for like when there's right. like fan events type of thing, you know, screenings and all. Right. So it's, like it's, they're adding it's that to it. That, it it's, it's, I'd say it reached that cult status. Yeah. You know, so yeah, maybe the first original run, I think you tanked horribly, and even still, two hundred and how much million? Two hundred sixty-four. So right. it's a so ninety even, million dollar profit, basically. Not even ninety, 90 million. It's eighty-nine. Right, point. and then you got to figure all the marketing that they put into it. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this was supposed to be the next it. big thing. Like this was supposed to be like huge and never taken on before ever because it's all on water. I mean, then, granted, Kevin Costner didn't help his situation. After he did Waterworld, he came out with The Postman. <laughs> you know, it's a nice play. He's like, oh, look, I'll do post-apocalyptic. But this time I'll keep it on land. <laughs> you know, just give me a horse and, you know, we'll just follow the government. It's my job to, to bring letters to show you that the post office is needed. And fast forward, like, 20 years later, everyone's emailing. Like... <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's the thing, like like the, those movies, the, the, there's there's three Kevin Costner movies, and I call them slow burns. I mean, like like you 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 watch them and you go and like the, it's one of those type of things where you you pull those out and you go, 
you 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 somebody who's never seen it and you go are you sure and you're like oh i liked i liked him <laughs> in man of steel as pa kent like i i want to see more of his movies i'm like are you sure and they go yes and you go all right here's Waterworld, and you go oh my god right <laughs> and then you because he's got gills then you put in the postman and then you're going oh my god like like uh and it's like can it get any worse dances with wolves See now, okay, hold on. See, you I would like give Dancing with Wolves first. I know that was the Oscar winner, right? I, yeah, I would an, be more you know, an Oscar knows a good movie when it sees one. Well, no, but I mean, it did. You know, it wasn't horrible. You know what? I would have been more impressed if you went okay after Waterworld. You do the Postman, and then you followed up with Tin Cup. <laughs> I like <laughs> Tin Cup. Fuck you. <laughs> See, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm joking. No, but the the idea, but they're 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 like I say, like the, you watch those movies and you either get it or you don't, and that's the thing. Like most people didn't, and that's the problem. Like like people were not happy with those movies because they were just I, I call them slow burns. They're it just it takes forever because that's the way his style is. Like he's just like it's it's he wants to get like everything in there. He wants to give you detail after detail, and it's just like. Yeah, I don't need that. Like, like I just don't need every little thing. Like, I, I don't. Like, right. I felt like after Dance of the Wolves, I could speak to the to the to the Native Americans, you know, because it's like because it's all written in that you know tongue, and they they speak it, and you know, and you know, and and it's just like this. You have to read the 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 subtitles, the translations of it, and all, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, like I think World of World was just ridiculous. <laughs> But I mean, I blame Apparently, I blame Universal for this Waterworld <laughs> sequel because they have a stunt show, or they did. I don't think it's there anymore. Oh, I think, it's, I think, right. it, I think it's closed up. But they used that like that was that's how they kind of recouped their losses because they would do these stunt shows and it was this pool, this big pool that they had a stage on, and they would have this the guys in the water skis and there would be these fires and it would get really hot because you could feel the flames coming up and the explosions and the and the shooting and all that kind of stuff and they're running around and they're doing the you know climbing the uh, the towers and the, those you know uh, you know tie together uh, bamboo kind of things and they're swinging around right. on it and all that kind of thing and there's you know and that's that's it's the whole like type of thing and people got excited for it and you go oh you know they made a movie out of this you know and you're going, well actually well, it's reverse but go ahead and watch it you know like, like <laughs> well according to the article it underperformed the box office and it was only able to recoup its expenses on home video and rental mm -hmm. so okay it makes sense um, as for why Davis wanted to revisit Waterworld in light of its disappointing release in 1995 he insists. That the movie has only gotten better with age. I will take that bet. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find World of World and watch it again. And I'll be like, Ed, didn't hold up. <laughs> Did, it, I'll be honest. It didn't I, hold up. Once in a while, I'll see World of World in my radar somewhere. Like either on digital or or on DVD somewhere, Blu-ray or somewhere. And I think about it for a split second. And then I'm like, no, I, I, the gills. <laughs> Him having gills. He... he it, and he insists the only matter, not only does he insist, he also seems feels that the audience will react the same way when Water World continues as a sequel series, uh, hopefully with the original cast involved. If Water World was simply ahead of its time, then Davis thinks now would be perfect time opportunity to bring it back. Uh, here's a quote: "The only movie that I went back that I went back recently that made that we made and rewatch, and I was surprised at how well it held up is Water World." He told Collider. 
Uh, for many, many years, I didn't really want to see it because I thought the movie didn't work. It it wasn't what the script was. It was not as good as the script. It had its production problems. And then I went back and saw it again, and I was like, oh, yeah, this movie ages great with time. <laughs> uh, no Home right now is named for the Waterworld series, but due to Universal's television involvement, Peacock seems to be the likely decision. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Here, time for my free trial. <laughs> um, okay well something they're Ed from going from one thing that had, has potential life to something that is dead ready? Okay, yeah I'm ready Die Hard 6 is dead at Disney <laughs> really? yes and you figure really because Disney's a whore they'll try to make anything but Disney has shelled plans for Die Hard 6, which would have seen both Bruce Willis and a younger actor play John McClane. Uh, plans for Die Hard 6 were probably has been scrapped. Rumors have been circulating sometime that the next installment of the action movie franchise would see Willis reprise his role as John McClane while simultaneously acting as an origin story for the charismatic cop. And it turns out these rumors were absolutely true. But according to producer Lorenzo de la Benaventura, the product, the project has now sadly been shelved. Here's a quote. Uh, yeah, no, it's not happening. But what was really interesting was we actually came up with an idea to do it. It was a project that wasn't Die Hard, then, that then eventually shifted over to Die Hard. I don't know what that means, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, taking an idea that was not originally meant as a Die Hard movie would have been very, very well, would have been very well Die Hard with the franchise having done its multiple times in the past. Uh, the proposed movie, which would have been titled McLean, yeah. <laughs> would have acted as a simultaneous prequel sequel with Die Hard 4.0 Lens Wiseman at the helm. Um, while specific plot details remain unknown, uh, it was revealed that the story would have taken inspiration from the cinema's most highly regarded movies, The Godfather Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to try to compare Godfather Part 2 to the new, to a now dead John McClane movie. Uh, what was interesting as our deal, it was allowed you to be ability to meet young, young John McClane and use Bruce. So it was really interesting in it, in a way. You sort of got to see both versions of him, a bit like Godfather Part 2. So, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to rhyme me a circle back to my previous slide before I continue on. Uh, previous rumors have claimed that the movie was, was once canceled following Disney's purchase at 20th Century Fox. Uh, it was rumored at the time that McLean would only have featured Bruce Willis in a cameo as a framing device for the story with a younger actor taking the role of John McLean as an 80s beat cop. Um, McLean reportedly began life as Die Hard Year One, which would have used the Die Hard prequel comic from Boom Studios and writer artist Howard Chaikin as a jumping off point. Uh, that comic was released in 2009, and it's an eight-issue series set in 1976, and it follows John McClane as a rookie cop in, in the NYPD Blue, uh, in the NYPD, and would have lent itself quite well to an adaptation if a non-Bruce Willis diehard movie is what you want, of course. Um, sounds like McClane was not meant to be. Um, I don't know how you do what diehard without Bruce, he said. Um, the idea it's not very significant in this movie 
that he's not very significant in this movie is not accurate at all. We were going to explore John McClane in his 20s, but just as prominent as is the 60-year-old, 60-year-old version. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I mean, I don't know. As a, as a fan of Die Hard, I've moderately enjoyed, as the more movies that pop out, I'm, I've been moderately enjoying them, just because it's like, oh, look, it's a Die Hard movie. I get to see another adventure of Bruce Willis running around in his bare feet or something. You know, <laughs> it just, and would I have been interested in like a, a Die Hard Year One story? I, I guess, but I think what made the thing, I guess I kind of feel like, how do you create a Die Hard scenario prior to Die Hard? Because I feel like Die Hard was like the first time he was thrust into this impossible odds. Right. And, and, he, and he overcame those odds through wit and sarcasm and a will will over skill, so to speak. <laughs> you know, so he, the one thing he didn't do was act like, oh, this is just another day in the park for me. In fact, in the sequel, he even joked, how does the same thing happen to the same guy twice? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so let alone three more times after that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And the last movie brought in his kid. Like, his kid was in problems, so trouble. So, you know, how many times can you go? Like, well, I mean, it's the second kid, because did... the Die Hard 4 was uh, her daughter, his daughter. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, well, no, no, well, Die Hard 4, yeah, it was his daughter. Yeah. Right. And then the last right, one was had... his son. Right. So there was, yeah, because it was after Die Hard 3, which was with... Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. The fourth one, while it was about his daughter, brought in uh, Justin Long as the hacker. Yeah. And also brought in Kevin Smith, too, as the as the wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Which then, you know, spun off into, you know, like Bruce Willis and him being from Jersey, felt like they had a connection. Let's go make a movie together. And that movie became Cop Out. Um, which was originally called A Couple of Dicks, if you remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the most recent iteration of Die Hard, well, the most recent movie was him having to go to Moscow to save his son, who happens to be a kind of like a spy, espionage kind of guy. Right. You know, um, but I, I mean, again, how do you go like, oh, yeah, this is when I was back in my 20s. This wild thing happened to me. And then flashback, you know, you know, every once in a while, maybe unless maybe he takes like the. The, the um, I'm going to say the David Addison approach. He goes again. This one week, let me tell you the story that happened to me. And he tells you the story, and it's filmed with this other kid. And every once in a while, it pauses, and he makes some sort of sarcastic comment, or he, you know, like he narrates the story, overdubbing it. <laughs> and that's what I thought. Ah, shit! I did it again. You know, that kind of thing. Right. I don't know. I, I maybe part of me is like, well, maybe sometimes dead is better. Well, the, <laughs> the, the reality I think of it though uh, is like every time I think of every time I see Bruce Willis in the, a Die Hard movie, it reminds me of um, Tom Cruise doing another uh, Mission Impossible movie. You know, it's just like, like how many do we really need? You know, the kind of thing. But you go and. It's not like I won't see it because I will, 
like, right like how can you not see it you know kind of thing and, uh, you go you 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 kind of you kind of um yeah, you go. Oh, he's going to do another one. Oh, great! Like you know, like I haven't been disappointed so far. You know, like kind of thing. It's, right. Like so, I, I, why you walk out and you go, you know what? Okay, it wasn't it wasn't the best of this franchise, but you know what? It's it's still it's like Ed. I don't think I've really ever had a bad piece of pizza. You know. Yeah. So I feel like Die Hard and movies like Mission Impossible. It's like it's pizza. Right. It's like it's not the best pizza, but at least you got pizza. Right, <laughs> pizza. You know, <laughs> it's not good pizza, but it's pizza. It's you know, right. like I, I, still, like, I had just... a slice. You know, how can I pass up pizza? It was it's pizza. <laughs> you, right, you, for pizza, yeah, sure, okay, I'm breadsticks. All right, I'm I'm in. You know, like was it was it great? Eh, you know, I've had better, but you know what? Fuck it, it's still pizza. Like I enjoyed it. You know, it's it's, it's comfort food. Right. <laughs> Die Hard and and. Mission Impossible are comfort food of movies. You know, you just watch them, you enjoy them, and you move on. You know, you don't go. I never, no way is Die Hard going to change the world, right? The way the first one did. Um, but it's always nice to go back and go. Oh, I wonder what John McClane's doing now that he's sixty. <laughs> oh, he's still being a curmudgeon. Yeah. He's still he, like he's still a cop. Like, shouldn't he be getting that wacky sidekick who's got a death wish, and him just going around I'm too old for this shit? Huh. <laughs> you know, like he's now Danny Glover at this point, right? <laughs> you know, Danny Glover get Bruce Willis and Ryan Reynolds together as a cop movie. John McClane and I don't know Junior McClane. Junior McClane. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm your long lost kid, or I'm like, no, no, John McClane, we got to give you a partner. You're so close to retirement. We got this new partner, and just in walks Ryan Reynolds, all super smarmy and sarcastic. And you're going, oh my God, can Ryan Reynolds out sarcastic Bruce Willis? I got to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Right, sign me up. I'm going to start writing that script right now. And I mean that's yeah. and that's the idea is is it you know you you, you and it's a shame that we're not going to see it because I mean like like would you not see it? Of course you would. Of course I, I would. I mean, <laughs> are, are you disappointed yeah. that they're not making it? Not really. You know, like the yeah. only problem is is that I, in, in, in Die Hard Year One you couldn't use Yippie Kaye motherfucker. Yeah. I just don't think you could. Because it works perfectly in that first movie because it's an interaction between him and Hans. That's the joke. Mm-hmm. You know? So you couldn't... You, you would have to have a, a... What do you call it? A, a die-hard year one without a UPKA motherfucker in it. And right then and there, I'm like, I don't know if I could... I don't know if I could watch that. <laughs> like, you pay good money to just hear those two words. <laughs> that's, that's how you get my ticket. Uh, I don't know. Um, all right, Ed, there's some heavy duty stuff. You sent me some a couple articles. Oh, Let's get right. to this one. Okay. I, I figure I figure you'll you'll have more to talk about this than I will. Um, <laughs> now, full disclosure, I didn't read any of these articles. I saw the titles and I was like, "These are the hot items of the week." I think I should send them to Sean just in case he doesn't see them. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, no. Um, well, the one you can't miss. Like I mean, this one's all over the place. This this was, I don't. 
we'll get to that. That's the second article. Mm. I'm burying the lead. Okay. The first one, I, this really does come down to you'll probably take the lead on this one, or I wish Sipon was with us this show because he would probably have a great tirade on this article. Uh, Jody Whitaker and Chris Chin, Chinbanal to leave Doctor Who in a trio of specials in 2022. <clears throat> All right, so Jody Whitaker, who is the current Doctor, and yes. I believe Chris. He, he's the Chris showrunner. Is, he's the showrunner. Yes. Okay. Uh, there are. They're going to leave Doctor Who with a trio of specials culminating in an epic blockbuster special to air in the autumn of 2022 as part of the BBC's Centarian Celebrations. Uh, having been in charge of the TARDIS since filming the filming for the 13th Doctor began in 2017, showrunner Chris uh, and the 13th Doctor Jodie Whittaker have confirmed they will be moving on from the most famous police box on Earth and the universe. Uh, with a six-part event serial announced for the autumn and two specials already planned for 2022, BBC One has now asked for an additional final-length adventure for the 13th Doctor to to form a trio of specials for 2022 before the Doctor regenerates once more. Um, after taking the helm of the show, Chris made the groundbreaking decision to cast Jodie Whittaker as the first female Doctor. Uh, he also brought in the fam of Tosin Cole, Mandip Gill, and Bradley Wash. I have not seen the series with her as the Doctor. I don't know who they're talking about. Um, <laughs> Probably their companions. And cast, huh? Probably their companions. Okay. And casting the acclaimed Sasha Dewan as the latest incarnation of the Master, uh, plus Joe Martin as the mysterious fugitive Doctor, adding new characters, layer, and twist to the mythology of the show. Uh, episodes such as Rosa, Demon of the Punjab, and Spyfall have thrilled the audience across the globe, garnering critical acclaim and award recognition, including two BAFTA must-see moment nominations, along with multiple national television awards, uh, BAFTA Simru, so go go under Chris's tenure. Uh, the series has been awarded the Visionary Awards TV Show of the Year, the Canadian Rocky Award for the all right so. Pat on the back, pat on the back, pat on the back. Uh, it also won the 2020's Best Science Fiction Show, voted by readers at RadioTimes.com. I th- so, Ed, as the 13th Doctor, she stepped on board the TARDIS and began filming in 2017. As the first woman to play the iconic role, she's thrilled the audience with a portrayal of the Time Lord, uh, winning the hearts of Doctor Who fans across the globe. Has she? I guess that's my first question, because I don't think anybody... Well, then again, I've been out of her for a while. Um, let's see. Uh, Jody's multi-layered, again, really? Warm, fuzzy, and inspiring depiction of the Doctor not only cre- created a first in Doctor Who history, but in 2020, Jody was voted second most popular Doctor of all time, coming within a whisker of her friend David Tennant in a poll of more than 50,000 50, fans for Radio Times. okay all right maybe because the other people just uh. so chris chibnall i'm keeping a picture his last name i apologize in case he's listening (laughs) (laughs) jody and i made three series and out uh packed 
with each other at the start of this once in a lifetime blast. So now our shift is done, and we're handing back the TARDIS keys. Really? Uh, okay, I gotta. I feel like there's a flag on the play there. Ed, if I got signed on to be the showrunner for a 50-plus year television show, it's got all these accolades to it, and I'm just going, yeah, you know what, three years and I'm done. You know, just I think I'll get bored after three years. I don't how many how many Doctor Who stories can I tell? Eh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shake it up a little bit and bring a woman on board and you know get a lot of trouble for it. I again I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it since uh, Smith left, so I can't even say that I did it because they did a woman Doctor. I was kind of, kind of interested in it. Whatever, because yeah, there was there was, um, there was still Peter Capaldi before you know he, right. You, Peter you Capaldi was after, and I didn't watch any of his stuff. Right. But I just feel like it's like, oh, okay, and I'm three and I'm out. That's it. <laughs> like, and then she was like, yeah, I'll agree to that. I'm a working actress that's going to help pay the bills. And after I get done, I'm just going to do three years on this po- very popular TV show. <laughs> um, anyway, he goes on to say, Jody's magnificent, iconic doctor, has exceeded all our high expectations. Uh, she's been the gold standard leading actor, shouldering the responsibility of the first female doctor with style, strength, warmth, generosity, and humor. She captured a public imagination and continues to inspire adoration around the world, as well as from everyone in production. I can't imagine working on a more inspiring doctor, so I'm not going to. Uh, For me, leading this exceptional team has been unrivaled creative fun and one of great joys of my career. I'm so proud of the people we worked with and the stories we told. To finish our time, I just feel like I'm so proud of all the work that's why I'm walking away. <laughs> it's like leaving the party while everyone's really drunk. <laughs> um, finish our time out with the show with an additional special after the pandemic changed and challenged our production plans it is a li- lovely bonus. Uh, it's great that the climax of the 13th Doctor story will be at the heart of the BBC's Centurion celebrations. Uh, okay. Um, I wish our successors, whoever the BBC and BBC Studios choose, as much fun as we had, they're in for a treat. Uh, then Jody Whitaker adds in 2017, oh, my glorious gift box of size 13 shoes. Uh, could not have a guest as a brilliant adventures of the world's way, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to thank this person, thank that person. Um, it's basically people just going, oh, it's been such a great time. I can't wait. Ooh, yay. Um, but yeah, we're all leaving. <laughs> And that's the thing, like, like it's just, it's just so weird because it's like, like they, they've, they've gotten, they, I, th- I think a lot of their accolades because, because she was a woman, and, and I, granted, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not against it. I was never against a woman doctor, you know, kind of thing. I didn't like the writing. No, of the, the writing of the show was terrible. No, but it is. I get what you're saying. It's hard to say. Did you get? Was the award earned based upon the merit of the acting or based upon the sensationalism of making that choice? Right. And, All right. and that's 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 how I felt like like through it because like if you if you watch I mean especially I watched the first season I didn't watch beyond that because I was like you know I I can't watch it and it was it was the writing it had nothing to do with her I know a lot of people had a problem with her accent they couldn't understand her because she had this like you know like uh, I I don't know I forget what the dialect that she, she has she's she, you know, she's British but it's a specific British accent that that sometimes if she talks too fast. It's not, you know, understandable, like kind of thing. So you have to kind of like okay. really listen to her dialect, you know, like listen to her, listen to her uh, accent, and, and, and figure out what she's saying sometimes because it's like 
you know, because she gets hyper and she has these hyper moments. Because the the doctor sometimes gets very hyper when he's explaining things. Like some of those doctors, that's what they did as their as their crutch, you know, in terms of of of, you know, like giving that fast paced speed because that's what they people want, you know, kind of thing. Right, that manic uh, ha moment. But there, there was episodes you watch of that, especially the first season. I don't, I don't know if I mean might have gotten better after the seasons. I don't know. Every once in a while, I do think about going, going. You know, I should watch and give it a shot, and you know, to see, you know, go go further with it and see. But it was, it was like Doctor Who was always subtle, like kind of thing, like Star Trek, like like, you know, they 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 hit the head on some things, but they didn't like push it in your face going you know let's let's talk about racism and let's you know they they gave you a racism episode but it wasn't a direct blatant rate racism episode about you know actual people you know like i think so, yeah. right if you weren't paying attention you go oh my god that was a really, really good episode and someone would go you know that shows about racism right you'd be like no it's not and they would break it down for you going god damn i learned something how do you about that right. and then you feel like you changed Rather than hey, today's episode is going to be about racism, right? You know, it's like you're 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 going to see how people are treated and all. And I granted, I mean, you know, it should be a conversation. But I'm like, that's not the reason why I'm watching Doctor Who. I'm not watching it so I can get a lesson. You know, like I'm watching it to be entertained. You know, and then if if sub sub subliminally you teach me a lesson, that's fine. But don't put it in my face. Like I I just don't like that. Like that that turns me off so badly. Like I just can't stand it because it's just like I'm like I'm like I'm I'm watching you for escapism and you're not giving me escapism. You're giving me total realism right. in my face. You know, feel bad, feel you know, feel guilty, feel you know, whatever. And and you're going, all right, fine, but like you know, like I I, I if if I want to do this, I go to church. <laughs> like like I do stuff. You know, like I I would. You know, like, 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 there's a reason why I, I, I want to use TV as, you know, as an escape vehicle, so I, I can don't have to feel my feelings anymore, and just laugh or, or, or just be, you know, in, you know, uh, hit emotions, but not hit, you know, to the point where it gets, it gets painful. But it's, it's that's, that's what you were getting at. I mean, this is like uncomfortable. I'm, like, you know, like, like we just, we just stopped watching. It was just like, yeah, so it's like, yeah, you. You lost me, you know, hopefully the next Doctor will be better, you know, kind of thing. And a couple of times they go, well, maybe I should go back and watch another season and see if it got any better, if they changed it, you know, maybe they, they got some flack. But I'm like, I doubt it, you know, because, you know, I, I, you know if, if anybody like me that didn't like it, they'd probably call him a sexist or, you know, a racist or whatever. And you're going, yeah, all right, you know what? I'm just not going to be involved in the conversation. Like, I'm going to keep my mouth shut and just walk away and just not, <laughs> right. you know, not care kind of thing. So that's that's my feeling of it. Granted, like I said, I didn't see it, so you know, it might be good. But I was just kind of surprised, you know, like after three seasons she's gone because I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I thought everybody wanted this. Like, this is what the people wanted. Like, you know, because you can't tell me they decided after three seasons, let's hang it up and let's go home. I, right. I mean, I don't, I don't know what they're how their ratings work if they have ratings i, I don't know because i know english television's always been always runs different like even like the, the david Tennant years and the mike the matt smith years i mean i think what um the guy after matt, uh, matt smith uh what jeez uh, we just talked peter, peter capaldi, capaldi right? i didn't he do like three years four years yeah 
you know, so maybe that there is something that maybe they all have like this three year thing and they just go, you know what, after three years, we're all done. So it, it could quite possibly just be in line with everything else. But I think Matt Smith had like five or six years. I think Tenet had like four or five. I, I, you know, it's hard to tell because what they do is they do like a, a 13 episode run and then they do a special and then they do like, it. There's like the holiday special. So I'm never really sure. I mean, I have them on DVD. I just I've never really been able to kind of figure out like continuity. Like, well, I thought the David Tennant years were were longer than I found out they weren't as long as the Matt Smith years. And I was like, yeah, it seemed weird because I personally like David Tennant's Doctor. You know, I also like Matt Smith, but as I said prior to many times, every time there's a new Doctor, if you never watched Doctor Who, now's the perfect time to jump on because it's like hitting the reset button every time there's a new Doctor. Yeah. There is some lore to it that they kind of mention casually, and if you really care about it, you can go back or you can ignore it, but you get a chance to see a new Doctor, new adventures, new experiences, and they kind of see it for the first time, too. And you might be able to, you don't have to worry about the 50 years prior, because there's a new person doing the gig. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the, I, I kind of feel like the problem, again, I think Sipon, I think, is a very big Doctor Who fan. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he would be able to kind of break down the, the, uh, the other two seasons that she has been on. Um, or the other, I guess, if this is the third season, she's been on the doctor for two years. Yeah. Um, the problem is, the person who's got the next gig, like, he, here's the conundrum, Ed. And this is, they paint themselves in a corner, I think. Do you stick with a woman? Or do you go back to a man? And now, again, I'm all for whoever they pick, as long as the actor's good. But you kind of fall into that there's people out there who are going to go oh you went back to a man because that must mean you want to admit that the female doctor didn't work and therefore you're trying to write your ship that was already sinking because of how bad she was prior or if you stick with if you put a woman in there you know and it becomes the people are being like oh well Clearly, you guys don't know that you guys are just going to not. You've lost a fan forever now because I thought maybe with a new doctor I can come back. That's hashtag not my doctor type syndrome. Like it, it seems like this double edged sword. So whoever gets the gig as the doctor is going to be in a tight situation. <laughs> yeah, you're right, and 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 it's 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 going to be interesting to see uh, who gets to replace it. Like like you're right. Like would it, would it be? I don't know. Like I wouldn't have a problem with it because it's like you know like like. Let's let's see let's see what let's see what uh, you know another female doctor can do. I mean, you you, you never know. Right. I mean, like, if, if the person who's show running it is leaving, then you get a chance to have new writers. And if you if from your claim, if the writing was bad from that season, you get another chance at being able almost like a do over. You get yourself another female doctor, new writers. Maybe those adventures will be more exciting for you, mm-hmm. or they could be all more to the same depending on what who's ever running that ship. Right. I, I mean, like like like. Jodie Whittaker could have stayed on. Like it, it wouldn't matter to me if it was Jodie Whittaker still playing the Doctor. Like that didn't bother me at all. I, I'm like, I'm like the writing said, like the showrunner had to go. Like you know, I'm like, I'm like, I, I was more thrilled that he was leaving than she was. You know, kind of thing. Like like I'm 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 like I'm like, I I, I would be I would be thrilled to see you know another woman Doctor. You know, kind of thing. They would that would be great. Like I don't really care who the person is it's it's the story that's that's the right. that's the whole idea of the doctor it's just like you know i mean i granted i mean like i said there's a lot of doctors a lot of people that would love to see a still male doctor 
being the doctor and you're going I, I get it I really do like I understand why you know people people want want that you know because it's 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 been 50 years and then I always had a male doctor I'm, I'm calling it now Ed Idris Alba your next doctor person of color a person of color be the new doctor He's gonna play Bond. He's gonna play the Doctor. Fuck he, you! You just have a play anything. He's phenomenal. He could play Bond. He could play who? Fucking sign him on in this next Indiana Jones, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> have him play Finn's father in a new spin-off Star Wars show, and uh, you find out that he's force sensitive, and that's how Finn had it too. You give Finn a proper arc. Instead of the shitty one he got in the in the the final trilogy, <laughs> this is your lightsaber. <laughs> Careful, it'll cut your hand off. <laughs> That's my uh, Idris Alba. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> oh my god, we're like Jessica Alba. <laughs> Jessica Alba, That's good. One, Ed. That's good. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Um, um, <laughs> but, but I mean, Mike, make, here, make it a black female. Give, go, no, even go further. Uh, sure, why not? I mean, I, at this point, because the doctor is a creature and that can choose its own form, I'm all for a, a person, a female person of color. Sure, why not? You know, again, if it's the, it's not it's the writing that you have to worry about. It's not the actor. Right. I'm curious to know that with this big finale, you know, it's. Apparently, it's a big deal that that century thing, I guess. Here's the question, though. Are you going to bring back previous doctors for that episode? Like, you know how they always do that, like um, multiple doctors in one where all the doctors crisscross each other because you're doing timey wimey stuff. So is it possible of your old self meeting your new self and your new self meeting your future old self? So. The question is: Do you get? Can you get David Tennant? Can you get Matt Smith? Can you get Peter Capaldi? Can you get uh, Tom Baker still alive? Right? Yeah. You know, can you get um, all the doctors of all the past who are still alive, obviously, to be one big giant, like you know, like rave of the doctors? You know, like all of them just sitting at a bar drinking. Hey, remember the time I did this? Oh my god, it was hysterical. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like. That'd be good. A good flashback episode. You know, that's what they need. Like a good time. <coughs> like flashbacks. A clip show. Right. <laughs> Ricky Gervais is doctor number 27. Oh, my God. <laughs> you find out that his character from The Office is actually, you know, a, a, a who that retired was stuck in this loop or something. Just pull it all together. <laughs> Ricky Gervais is your new doctor. I would totally watch that show. <laughs> Just give him like six episodes. That's all he needs. <laughs> you know? So good luck next doctor. I guess we'll find out in 2023. Yes. So it's only a couple years away. Good luck. I hope it's Daniel Radcliffe as the doctor. I would totally watch that. God, I think he'd be a great Doctor Who. Now that I think about it, he's got the whimsical stuff still, and he's but he also could do the serious stuff. I think Daniel Radcliffe would be a great Doctor. He's anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, the next big article, and I figured this one's going to take the, like a nice chunk of time. Uh, Scarlett Johansson sues Disney for breach of contract over Black Widow release. Yeah. <laughs> Ed's like, have you, you do know this is a big story, right, Ed? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I keep seeing it on my feet, so I'm assuming it's huge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course I have the. I don't have the. Uh, I forward the link. So let's see. You sent that link to me. Did you actually? Yeah, you. Ne- you never gave me the actual link. I didn't give you the link. No, oh, I'm sorry. But I can. I can paraphrase because I've been. I've actually been reading up because there's you know like stuff going on behind the, behind the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Ultimately, what her camp is saying is that hey. When we made this deal, we didn't talk about streaming. And because you put it on streaming and in theaters, my client lost $50 million because of this. Fuck you, pay her. <laughs> you know? Um, so, uh, let's see. I'm going to get to let's see if I can get to the next article because maybe that might help with that. Um, Blackwood, a lawsuit escalates as Scarlett Johansson's team fires back at Disney. Shots are being fired because... They're like, um, okay, let's let's see if I can get. It all began Thursday when Johansson filed a lawsuit accusing Disney of breaching her contract for Black Widow, which guaranteed an exclusive theatrical release. Disney then replied with a statement that accused her of, quote-unquote, callous disregard to the COVID-19 pandemic and revealed her salary of the film, which was $20 million. Okay. <laughs> First of all, I think she was underpaid. That woman has given so much time of her career to play this character. She deserved that fifty million dollars. Fuck you, Disney. <laughs> all right, <laughs> sorry. I'm just I'm getting a little emotional here. I'm getting, now I'm getting kind of angry. Uh, the haymakers have continued on Friday when Johansson's agency, Creative Art, CAA, Creative Artists Agency, released a statement firing back. I want to this is a quote, I want to address the Walt Disney's company statement that was issued in response to the lawsuit filed against them yesterday by our client Charlotte Johansson. Uh, they have shamelessly and falsely accused Ms. Johansson of being insensitive to the global COVID pandemic in an attempt to make her appeal appear to be someone they and I know she isn't. Scarlett has been Disney's partner on nine movies, which have earned Disney and its shareholders billions. Lord continued, I'm, I'm adding the, the what do you call it? The, yeah. <laughs> I'm adding the accents. <laughs> the, the company included her salary in the in their press statement in an attempt to weaponize her success as an artist and a businesswoman, as if that were something she should be ashamed of. Scarlett is extremely proud of her work and that she and all of the actors, writers, directors, producers, and the Marvel creative team have been a part of for well over a decade. This suit was filed as a result of Disney's decision to knowingly violate Scarlett's contract. They have very deliberately moved the revenue stream and profits to the Disney Plus side of the company, leaving artistic and financial partners out of their new equation. That's it, pure and simple. Disney's direct attack on her character and all else they implied is beneath the company that many of us in the creative community have worked with successfully for decades. 
Um, in case you don't remember, Disney's statement Lord is referring to here is in full. Uh, to give you a link, uh, there is no merit whatsoever to this filing. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Disney has fully complied with Ms. Johansson's contract, and furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Exit has significantly enhanced her ability to earn an additional compensation on top of the $20 million she has received to date. That's what uh, that's what the, the statement was that spurned that letter. <laughs> <sighs> so now, <laughs> um, then Kevin Feige got into it too because apparently he's pissed off at the people at Disney because, um, like, it's kind of a like. Here's the way I see it: I, I am. Like, look, $20 million, $20 million ain't nothing to sneeze at. But if you were missing out on an additional, let's say, $50 million because of the revenue stream that my movie has been onto, I think I deliver, deserve a little something-something in the effort. Especially since prior to the pandemic, I was going to get a bigger share. Not a bigger share, but I was going to get a percentage of the box office the release. Mm-hmm. Now the money that you're making off of Disney Plus is all going to your pocket. It's not going to the artists and the creators of that film. Right. Especially if it's somebody who's got, got a little something on the back end. It does seem a little duplicitous of Disney to say like, oh no, like because they kept pushing it and kept pushing it back and kept pushing it back. And I feel like they could have at any time, if they wanted to f- screw over, they could have just dumped it on Disney Plus in the first time first place but I think that it I think Disney needs to shut up and pay her that's what see, I'm saying see that's the thing I, I, I was like I'm like on the fence of this and I'm, and I'm, I'm gonna explain as best I can. <laughs> of course you are because we know we know you you have your mouth securely against that Mickey teat <laughs> <laughs> no the reason why is is that like you, you, you figure when this movie was made, it was really before the pandemic, you know, hit. Right. You know, it was supposed to be out the summer of the pandemic, actually. Right. Yeah. You know, so, so, so I think everything was, everything was flying along hunky dory, you know, and, and I mean, basically like, like the movie was, the movie was done like way before that, you know, before it was the, in the can getting ready, had a release date, I think of July, you know, because, because they're, they're gearing up, they're gearing up, they're doing all this stuff, you know, kind of thing. They've got, they, they've got a schedule to keep basically. Disney's Marvel machine is, is is cranking out all these movies, you know, and they got to uh-huh. keep moving kind of thing. And all of a sudden, pandemic puts it to a screeching halt, and you're going, "What do you do?" You know, kind of thing. And Disney's like, "I'm rich. Fuck you. I don't care." You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> so That's what we want with Disney. So, so you know, like you gotta wait, you know, kind of thing. And you know, and and they're now Disney's now Disney's like concerned because it's just like we can't release this in the theaters because theaters are closed. So you go in. I don't want to like this. This movie can make more money in the box office than it can in Disney Plus. They knew it, you know, kind of thing. You can't tell me they didn't. They 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 crunched the numbers, you know, the, the as best projected they could. Oh sure. And they go, this is this is a theater movie. This is something that people you know want to see, kind of thing in the theaters. But as time goes on, and they make they do these little drop <coughs> tests of basically the premiere access, and they're going. 
shit, we're making money. Like, we're making Right. Mulan, the experiment, worked out pretty well. well right. Yeah. Okay. I think. And they, they, it did better than they thought. Now, it, I don't think it did as well. I don't think it, not, I guess I'm going to take that back. I don't, I don't think Mulan did that well. Like, I think it did okay. They made enough movie. They got one. Shit, we, we made a profit. Like, we, you know, it's not the profit we wanted, but we made a profit. Like, kind of thing. Right. Because they weren't releasing details on, on how much they made. They were keeping that all hush hush. So it wasn't a, a number that they were proud of, you know, kind of thing. But it's like, we're in the black. We're not in the red. We're in the black, kind of thing. That's how I, that's how I see it, you know, kind of thing. Because they, they, the way they spin it, you know, you got to, after a while, you, you watch the spin doctors on Disney and you, you figure out, okay, it's like, okay, okay, they didn't do really well, but. Yeah, but then someone leans back and goes, what do we got? What else we got? And they go, okay, well, we can do it with Cruella. There was there was, we... an, there was another movie before Cruella. I think it was Soul. Soul, yes. Soul, you know, kind of thing. That was a that was a hit, you know, kind of thing. And they're like, right. we got something new to this. this. This this miracle can work. And then I think they did Cruella. And I don't think Cruella did as well either. Uh, but it, like I said, again, it made a profit. But that was, that was again, it's, it's one of those things where Disney – I, I really I really do the more the more I watch this kind of stuff like you know being being the sidelines and just watching everything I don't think Disney wants to release a movie in a theater again like I, I, I think they refer to just do it on their streaming service because they make all the money they're they're not you know like they're like who well, sure who, who who do we have to give money to nobody you know that's right. the kind of thing and then right people... because you think about it if it works for Netflix Netflix I mean while it's not premier access you're getting a monthly subscription fee out of somebody. So all that money that gets put in towards that movie just circles back around to us. We don't have to worry about renting that movie out to theaters and all that other kind of we are are we are our own advertisers. So we don't have to really advertise it as much as we normally would. Sure. I mean, I guarantee Disney, someone like you're absolutely right. Somebody sat there and went, how much does it cost us normally to release a movie? How much does this cost us? And we made more, or we broke even. Because I'm saying that the the back catalog that sits on Disney Plus right now is making their money because they've made their money on that. Like they've right. they've profited off of everything that's on Disney Plus, like all all the old stuff, like not none of the new stuff, but the old stuff. So they've profited off of that. So they're just rehashing it. So you're paying for a five dollar, six dollar platform for stuff that you've paid for already. <laughs> Like you're repaying for it, whether you saw it in the theater, you bought it on DVD or <laughs> right. whatever. You you're buying it twice, and I mean I'm one of them, so I'm like, don't don't think I'm like pointing people out, going like you're idiots, you know? Like no, I like I like oh look, I have the whole Star Wars saga, or I have almost every, I have just about every single Marvel movie. I'm gonna watch it on TV first, right? Before I <laughs> before I go out and pull the digital copy that I might have of it. Like, kind of thing. I'll go through Disney Plus and find it there. You know, kind of right? Thing. It's like, well, fucking, I'm paying for it. I might as well use it. Might as well use it, right? <laughs> but I have a copy, digital copy, sitting there. I have it sitting on my shelf. But I'll watch it on Disney because I'm paying for it. Like, and I'm, they put it in this nice timeline, so I can just go. I can watch the entire saga in chronological order and right. not even have to worry about it. Exactly. I don't have to do no thinking. Right. right. Disney <laughs> thought of it for me. Thank you, Disney. But the but the then then we're paying five dollars a month for this platform. But then all these movies now they're they're making thirty bucks now off of you to watch it three months in advance. I, I look look I I'm not slamming the model. So I like, mean so you know. But I'm not I'm not slamming the model either. This is genius. This is this is genius. This is Disney genius that people are like 
yeah, you got my money. Like, here you go. It's yeah. like being invited to a special screener that you're paying for. Right. It's like, hey, you want? Hey, we got this brand new ride. You can go on it, but you got to pay us thirty bucks. Right. No, no one's ever been on it, and you get to first ride it, but you got to pay us thirty bucks. Hey. Oh, here's my money on top of the twenty dollars that you pay once a month and anyone to come in. Right. Like, here's you know your your mission to get in, but then an extra thirty bucks just to, just to ride this ride. I mean, ultimately, what's Disney is what fifteen bucks a month, I think. I, I, if you're paying monthly, I mean, some people like six. Us, how much? Six. It's six bucks a month, Disney. Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh. If I you buy the more. package deal, I think it's the fifteen or sixteen or. Right. Well, fine, fine. So six bucks. Let's go. Let's round it up to seven bucks. So you're paying seven. So <laughs> the seven dollars that you pay once a month, you get access to. But if you want here, pay us an extra thirty. And we'll give you access to a movie that's going to be out in theaters. Right. <laughs> like, so you don't have to, ooh. So you don't have to go to the theaters. And you're like, great. Like, well, that's what That's That was my dilemma earlier that I was talking about. I'm like, I'm like sitting there going, 30 bucks, you're out of your mind. But then you're sitting there and you're listening to all these morons talk and the lights are flashing. And you're like, yeah, I'm not enjoying my experience in the theater anymore. Right. I'm sitting there going, okay, well, now normally if it's me and for my case and me and Stacy, we go to the movies. That's like 20 bucks right there. Plus, we got to get our drink and our snacks. So you're looking at like a $50, $60 night anyway. Nice. So if I cut that out and be like, oh, I got food in the fridge, I can go make myself a sandwich while I'm watching Cruella or, Scar- or Black Widow and save half the money just by staying in by shelling out 30 bucks for the night. Eh, sure. Who's gonna know? And, and the thing is, <laughs> like, like I gotta pee, you know, kind of thing. Like, I had to pee for like the last hour of the movie, and right. I held it, and I'm like, and like, like, like as the credits rolling, because you know, like, I'm waiting to see if there's a bumper because it's like you never know, you know. Right. Like, everybody but my family left the theater. You know, we, you know, we, we, we were, you know, sitting there, and I'm like, and there was no bumper. And I just got up and ran. Like, I just grabbed my trash, threw <laughs> it out, and ran to the bathroom. And my, my wife's like. You know, because like, she wanted the ticket because she holds the tickets because she scans them in because you could get points on some Disney app. Oh, uh, okay. Like so I'm like, I'm like, you have to wait till I get out of the bathroom. <laughs> so I had to run and, you know, and, and pee, but I held it. But that was the thing. Like, I could have paused it, like, if I was at home. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and enjoyed it. I could I I could wear it my sweats, you know. <laughs> I could I could have uh, sat in my underwear, watched Scarlett Johansson while a pizza's being delivered to my house. Right. Exactly, you know. <laughs> right. Ding dong. Let me pause the movie. Not like you pause the, the movie, throw a pair of pants on. Here you go, kid. Thanks for the thanks for the pizza. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go back, take my pants off, sit in my underwear, open up that pizza that I'm gonna be eating all by myself. <laughs> me, Scarlet, and this extra large pie, all for thirty dollars. <laughs> Wiping. Pizza grease off your chin. No one's in the house. You're just like, um, um, that Scarlett. She really is a good actress. Ooh, ooh, I dropped a piece of pizza on my lap. Oh well. <laughs> but that's the idea. It's just like you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, they're geniuses. They're they're literally geniuses. Sure. Because they 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 know. Because at first you're like thirty dollars. Fuck you. And then you're like, you know what? Now that I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I get it. What happens is you have those bad experiences in the theaters. And you go, you know, and maybe that thirty dollars for my own peace of mind and me not wanting to start throwing shit at people is this my own sanity worth thirty bucks? Why, certainly it is. Me, Scarlet, P, 
pizza underwear, I'm in. Yeah. You know, I can't sit in my underwear in the movie theaters and eat pizza. Someone will call the cops. Right. You know, you know where I could do it? Comfort of my own home. The, the, the scary part. The scary part is I'm surprised nobody. Because I mean, I've seen people take their shoes off. You know, sure. you know, type of thing. They got their feet up. They're laying in a weird way on the on the on these things. You know, like it's just it's like bizarre. And I'm like, and I'm like, uh, when's when's when are you gonna see an old guy come in, just <laughs> on his pants, drop, him. <laughs> and then and then and then he just sits down and lies. But worse, he's not wearing boxers. He's wearing like a thong. <laughs> he pulls the Al Bundy, slides his hand to the top of his underwear, and sits there and goes, "Yeah, it's great." <laughs> <laughs> I like that Scarlett Johansson. She's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> you think the carpet matches the drapes? <laughs> you know, just like, dude, old man, you keep moving. Like this is, I'm like, I should have just paid my thirty dollars and stayed at home. <laughs> Exactly right. I mean, granted, the floor show is great, but now I'm missing the movie. <laughs> like, but that's, you know, that's I'd rather, I'd rather see the show on the screen, not the show in front of me. So, like, like to get back to the the, the reason why we're talking about this, <laughs> like, you know, because like Scarlett Johansson was, uh, you know, suing Disney for. Uh, uh, I'm sure they remember breach of contract is what right. they're saying. Breach of contract. It, so, it's like saying, like, hey, like the movie. If had you not have done that thirty dollars premiere edition, the movie probably would have made more money in the theaters, and I would have gotten a little bit, a, a couple of extra bucks towards my salary, right? But which the, I think is underpaid. Twenty million dollars is underpaid. Robert Downey Jr. got paid fifty-five million dollars to be in uh, the free call it the first Spider-Man movie. He was in it for like ten minutes. So, I mean, yeah, I think that if she's getting paid $20 million to be in her, finally, her own film, I've, I think that she, I think she got a little screwed, a little screwed in the deal. I, I mean, if you put it that way, yes. I, 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 but, but the thing is, is that, like, like because we don't know the ins and outs of Hollywood. I mean, like, because they, they keep telling us, like, like, how difficult this would have been to have a first like female lead like hero comic book hero movie because it means like you know like Wonder Woman like took a while for uh, um uh you know to come out and they were you know it was like the race before DC or you know or Marvel and you're going well there was other female lead movies like you know kind of thing but this is the first sure. comic book one like you know like kind of thing so you, you, I think I think like that's the problem and it's a shame is is that the, the like like i don't think women get paid as much because they don't think they're like the the, the people that are, are are vesting in the money are worried about like are women going to be strong enough to do be a powerful enough lead and i think it's been proven now time and time again that that is the case like it can happen like like no i completely agree i think the people in charge are, are the stupid old white guys who sit there and go no one wants to watch a woman action hero because there's no money in it. They'd rather see the dudes. That's, that's you know, you can't have a woman can't be feminine and tough at the same time. That's bullshit. I'm going to say that, look at, what do you call it? Sigourney Weaver since Alien. Mm-hmm. Back in the fucking 70s, she created the female action star. Mm-hmm. And then was compounded with Mila Jovovich and Kate Beckinsale. You know, the Angelina. 
I you know I could have went to her first with you know Tomb Raider, you know, or any of the films that she's been in, Salt or Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm-hmm. You can be pretty and sexy and tough, but you know what? Apparently, what you can't be paid, you can't be the same. You can't get paid the same as a man in that industry, which sucks. Like some might say, like, well, she maybe she needs a better agent. Maybe her representation could have gotten a better deal out of it. But maybe the better deal was the deal that she got at the theater theatrical run. And then Disney kind of undermines it and goes, well, we're going to put it on premiere as well. And then because the movie was designed and finished before it hit theaters, they one might argue that they altered the terms of the deal. But the, Without the, even talking to her, right, because that, the contract was signed, and they were like, "Well, uh, it's not our fault the pandemic happened. This is how we're going to make our revenue." Shame on you, Scarlet, for not being more sensitive to that. <laughs> like, but I was saying, like, like I, I think whoever who released who did that press release was an idiot, you know, for forget Scarlet, you know, especially announcing how much he made, because I think it's yeah, made, well, I, I think mean, they, I think they made their us. case worse, you know, kind of thing. But the, the, that was the whole thing. Like, I went to a whole tangent, and that's why I think. And like, like, like when that movie was made, it was before the pandemic, pandemic happened, and it got pushed back, kept getting pushed back, and it's right. just like Disney's like, we got to make money on this, like we we just can't let it sit in the can forever because this is this has got to happen, and that's what like a lot of rumors was like, was it going to be on Disney Plus without premiere access, you know, kind of thing, because they were releasing some movies that weren't premiere access, right. and you're going, is this the way it's going to be now, like. You know, and Disney's like, Disney's like, I'm just, we're just throwing you a couple bones because we feel bad, you know, like kind of thing, like, you know, like, you know, it's basically to keep selling the, to keep selling, you know, Disney Plus, but you, you know, like I said, like I think they, I think they prefer like the model of not putting it out in theaters because it's like we can make money and it won't, it won't, we, they won't, nobody else make a dime except for us because we don't have to give it to the theaters, we don't have to give them a cut, we don't have to, you know do do anything like it's all on disney plus and if they just stay on disney plus we could probably advertise on disney plus. I'm, that's the thing i think the next model is going to happen you're going to see them advertising their own stuff on disney plus like you're probably going to see start seeing commercials before a tv show or movie starts well, about well, like, I think, like a trailer i, you know? I think what's going to happen is it creates a very slippery slope because i saw an article with a headline again just headlines i didn't throw it in that Emma Stone was thinking about suing too because mm-hmm. of this. Apparently, I got, an, I got a news article that Gerard Butler sues for ten million dollars in profits from Olympus has fallen. That was the first film out of the, at that series. I, I, in my head, it's like, look, if you're going to do the pandemic causes caused and still is causing businesses to change the way they do business. Um, and I feel like the movie industry, specifically if you're going to do the split streaming and theatrical versions, people, if that's how, if that's going to be the, the, the model going forward, then you as an actor is going to have to ne- renegotiate your contracts to include that in it. Like, you, you know, it'd be like, okay, well, if you're going to do, I'll take this salary and I'll take this percentage of the gross of the box office. But I also want a, a percentage of the streaming revenue too, you know, for the as long as it's under premier access, because that way I get my fair share from all the work that I would have gotten or the money I would have gotten on the on the back end had it been theaters. Like famously, Nicholson took a million dollar um, paycheck to be Joker in '89's Batman. 
because he took 10% of the profits that the movie made overall. Mm-hmm. One thing he didn't have to worry about was, I mean, probably made money on video release and probably on, you know, he, I'm sure he still gets a pretty healthy, you know, royalty check out of the deal, but he probably makes more money on the back end of like, oh, Disney, um, called Warner Brothers just sold it to, you know, TNT to error. He's like, thanks, thank you for that check. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so I think that stars now or actors are going to have to be more savvy about how they get paid, if not out the gate, especially if they want something on the back end. Because, you know, with, when it comes to movies, there's a production value, and some actors will take a pay cut to help bring the production costs down. And then with the caveat of getting it on the back end, right? And that's of, and that's and that's the whole idea, I think, of Scarlett Johansson. It's like she was being smart. She was, she took the twenty million dollars as a payment, like I think, but she got she was going to get the back end, and like that. Was, sure, but then she, Disney said, you know what, fuck you, we're going to put it on the because of the pandemic, we're not going to put it on streaming service. And then since there's no contract about that, all that money is now ours, right? And then as say like. Which is a, a shame because per- she's going to lose. She's going to lose the right. Yeah. You know, but now right. a person should have been uh, there. Should have been a person to step in and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're going to do that, there might be a problem because the money that like had they have known, like I'm sure somebody had known that they're going to do that. The the moment they announced that they were going to do the, the streaming service as well, somebody in Johansson's camp should have walked, knocked on that door and went, hey, 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 hold on. How's my client? We need to renegotiate here because of my client's paycheck was dependent upon a theatrical release that you guys purposely withheld due to the pandemic. And now you're doing this new revenue service that no one thought of until just recently. We need to rethink that deal here. No one did that. Mm. You know, however, I think that it's one of those like fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me deals. Cause I think now going forward, actors and actresses are going to be going, well, what do you, what do you plan on doing it? Cause I heard that, Fast and Furious Nine is has is almost it's on video on demand right now. That movie came out like last month. <laughs> like there is no date, there's no time and place anymore. It used to be like six months and like it used to be like oh three months in the movie theaters and then we'd be on video. Back in the old days, you'd be like almost as as long as they wanted to do it. But now there's always like a time and th- these things were planned out where it's like okay, well you're going to be in a movie theater for this long and then we're going to have this next phase. And here we are where it's just like, you know, like it's the Wild West again where it's like, yeah, we're just going to we're going to put in theaters and oh, it made a lot of money. You know what? Boom. Let's do on video, video on demand now because it's like you liked it in theaters, like it again at home. You know, it's just I think that it's it's a sticky situation moving forward mm. or it could be clear as day. I mean, as an actor, I'd be like, OK, well, like I said, you're doing this. How do I get paid? And what if you decide to do this? I think you're going to see now different contracts being written up, especially thanks Disney for fucking it up for everybody else. You know, <laughs> like, well, I, 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 you know, like it, it, it kind of re- gets me to the reminiscent of when blazing saddles came out and that when, um, Mel Blanks was afraid that they were going to ask for a sequel. And, right. And he thought there was no way they'd make a TV show. So that was his stipulation. He would he would make a sequel if they made a TV show, and they right. did. They never aired it, and that was never part of the stipulation. Like like, and that's right. like Lou Gossett that, Jr. That, was <laughs> Lou Gossett Jr. was the sheriff for four seasons apparently. 
So he made a he made a show that like you know and and same like with the like the first Fantastic Four movie that actually was made that nobody ever really saw like you know kind of thing. Right. Like Roger Corman did because they the company wanted to keep the rights and the only way to keep the rights they had to make a movie by a certain time so they got Roger Corman like the, the like before New Year's Eve to sign a deal and then they put it in a production or whatever and that's that was it like kind of thing and it didn't really matter like how far they finished it they just you know they got to the point where they were making this movie and all the people that were making the movie thought it was real you know kind of thing there was just going to be like kind of some of their big breaks and stuff like that so you 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 know so they you got to watch like with with like all the stipulations now like now you have to kind of be smarter in terms of what you're going to uh uh you know uh, uh you know writing deals and like, almost trying to figure out how to you know uh, um you know, like if, if if you know, kind of like almost make it ambiguous to the point where you could like include that in in your thing. So like any form, like I make a profit percentage of any form of release of it. You know, in terms of whether it's uh, box office, streaming service, or uh, uh, DVD or blue, you know, or uh, uh, home media release kind of thing, because that's the only way you're gonna be able to guarantee those shots you know like get get the get the get everything that's in, you know included in that kind of service you know kind of thing which kind of sucks for scarlett johansson because it just well it, it kind of sucks it does suck for scarlett johansson that they did that to her you know that she's gonna right right and it does and it what's worse i think is that in the time that we live in right now where there's all there's still a fight about equal pay for actresses and actors to see not only did she get paid $20 million for the film, but then lose some money on the back end and then be told that, like, some people are saying that this is, like, Disney's purposely attacking her because of the... She's very vocal about, like, about equal pay and stuff like that, that this is kind of like... People who don't like Disney are saying that this is... This is done on purpose because she's a woman. And if this was Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans, there wouldn't have been a question. They would have paid him, paid a, a male actor out of pocket before they would have. They, they're purposely doing this because she's a woman actress and women get, tend to get paid less than men anyway. So it's like old school Hollywood right in front of our faces, mm. you know, and, and, and to some degree, I mean, there's there's some validity to that, I think I think. But I think it's done on the, like, like I, I don't know. I, it's, it's just it's one of those things where I am a fan of Disney, but I also I also acknowledge them as the evil overlords that they are. <laughs> you know, I don't know if, like, had this been I don't even say if it was Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers would have fucked it up even more. Um, I, I just feel like the, she worked hard for a lot of films um, big contracts I'm sure she got some nice payouts too as well um, but she can't come back as that character <laughs> you know I mean unless they do something I mean it's comic books so you can always come back but I, I just you kind of this does put like a little bit of a sour taste in, in people's mouths or in actors mouths like wait you want me to do you got these phase four movies coming out and how do we know that Doctor Strange is it going to be a direct to access? Like I guarantee you that everyone, I'm surprised you haven't heard tweets from any of the other Marvel actors in support of Scarlet yet. 
You know what I mean? At least not that I've seen in the news. At least I've not that I've seen in, in any articles mm-hmm. about it yet. I figure this is just the tip of the iceberg. I'm sure because Kevin Feige said, you know, there's an article that he's mad and disappointed at Disney for basically doing that because it's kind of a cheap shot. And he's the guy running Marvel Entertainment at the moment. So there's a lot of lines and pissing contests at this moment. I think we're just seeing it. Like, I'm sure that, I'm, you know, people make a stink when Robert Downey Jr. drops MCU in his Twitter. Like, oh, my God, why? What's going on? Or it's like... <laughs> Ooh, where's my popcorn? I'm going to sit and watch. You know, so I, I don't know. Like, I'm surprised none of the male counterparts have stepped up to in support of Scarlet. At least not yet. Well, I say, I like, don't want to. I mean, a lot. I think a lot of people, especially the 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 actors that are not involved, really, like RTJ and Chris Evans. I mean, they're they're not involved really anymore. They're kind of like they stepped out. They they've done their time. And they, you know they they kind of want to move on to other projects, and that's where they're not coming back, you know, kind of thing. So I I'm not surprised that they wouldn't say anything about Scarlett Johansson, you know, making making you know support or whatever, because you know like they I think they kind of want to go, you know, like I mean they should, I mean don't get me wrong, they they should, but I I think that they're they're they want to distance themselves, and I and I and I think like anybody else who works for Disney, like it's. Like the only ones I could see would be like like Dave Batista or uh, uh, you know anybody in the Guardians of the Galaxy group, there you know, because they right. they didn't want to come back because they didn't have um, uh, James Gunn, you know, to come back and then right. they, they brought him back, you know, because of the tweet thing, and so you you kind of go, you know, I mean I wouldn't be surprised. I mean they might have, you, you know, just because they didn't make the news, they didn't make the headlines. Like what did the other? Because like like maybe the maybe the news media didn't hit that part of it yet you know right kind of thing that might, that right might they're too up. busy going well they said this and they said that and, you know someone sooner or later someone's gonna be doing a press co- tour for something and someone's gonna be like so what do you think about the scarlet johansson thing there chris and he'll be like I, I think it's terrible and you know she worked really really hard on it and you know it's chris evans I and mean, people he's he's our captain america whether he's not our captain america right. you know Apparently, when he says something, all of the world goes. Oh, Chris Evans is such a nice person. <laughs> yeah, and and, and uh, you know, like I said, like I, I think like like uh, uh, Thor. Um, I can't think of his name. Chris Hemsworth. Chris, thank you. Is is going to keep his mouth shut as long, long as he could because you know he's still. Well, he's like, got, yeah, he's, I got Thor coming out. I got keep house because you know that there's somebody standing over I, him going. I got Guardians oh. of the Galaxy three. I got Love and Thunder coming out. You know, I got these two movies that I gotta. I got to keep these things going until somebody, you know, finally has to break down and and make Door I have to make a up. statement. Like, huh, huh. So, Chris, how you feeling? Huh? Yeah, feeling comfortable in that position? Cuz blonde blonde men are huh? dime a dozen. Huh? <laughs> no, just Yeah. <laughs> I get Fabio. You know, you no, know, we made Jane Foster the new Thor, so uh watch your step there, blondie. Huh? <laughs> Like, and that's the thing. I mean, like, and that's the reality. <laughs> Crap. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> like, I don't want you. I don't want you to think that blonde hair actors are, you know, just a, a rarity. I could throw a rock and hit three of them. Yeah. <laughs> And then, <laughs> Wait, hold on for a second. Open the window. Shh. Who wants to be the next door? Me, me. All right, we'll get back to you. Thunk. 
Watch your ass, Hemsworth. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I, I, I really do. Like, I think a lot of them, I think some of them are trapped, you know, because they don't want to, they don't want to re- soil the reputation with, with Disney because Disney can't right. come down hard on you. And like, and all of a sudden, like, they can change things. Because as I say, like, like, I don't see Thor or Doctor Strange making it really much further in this MCU world, like, kind of thing. Like, I just... Like I, I, you've you've got the Eternals. You got Shun Shinchi, Shinchi, Shang Chi, Shang Chi. Jeez, Shang Chi. You know, you've, you... uh, yeah. What if you woke it? <laughs> I, it's, I don't know. It's not, that... it's not like Captain America or Thor. Chi Chang, uh, something the Ten Rings. I don't know. Like Ten Rings guy. The Ten Ring guy. Because <laughs> you know, because I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, I've read his comic. Like, <laughs> like I've seen him before. I'm like, because at first I'm like, that's a Marvel movie. I guess I don't really read as Marvel as much as I thought I did. You know, like kind of thing. I'm like, maybe I did see him somewhere. And I just don't remember him. You know, because he wasn't like, you know, Iron Man, Captain America, Spider Man, you know, <laughs> Fantastic Four. Right, Ed. Why would you read a comic book that doesn't have your face on it? <laughs> I mean, and I mean that like in the and like. As a kid, I would you gravitate towards characters who look like you. When no one looks like you, or when someone doesn't like, for the Asian community, that's their comic book. That's their guy. We would probably never read it because we either he might have been a walk on somewhere else, but I we don't look like him. But the group of people who do look like him gravitate towards him, and he's their favorite guy. I, so I said, I don't, I'm, I don't even remember though comic books. Of him, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't even remember him him having his right own because title. we were too busy blind with Iron Fist. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Jeez, <laughs> he just makes we it had worse that, and worse. We had that guy all the time. We had that white guy. We had you know? that white guy who who did Asian <laughs> fighting. Right, you know. So it is what it is. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. I just think that now it's going to open up this. It's going to be kind of murky waters for a little bit, or because now it's like you know I made a movie back in, I made a movie and it went right to streaming, and I feel like I got completely ripped out. Like Bruce Willis, he makes a gazillion movies it seems like, and they all go direct to video, or direct to streaming. Who's who's his agent? Like he's got to be making money somehow. Because, you know, hey, make a Die Hard 6. Die <laughs> 6 not, not happening. Well, that's the thing. Like, 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 I mean, like, what was the other one? Uh, um, uh, Nicolas Cage. Uh, he's, I think his movie's Nick Cage coming. is in everything. He's, 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 he's been doing a lot of, like, direct-to-video stuff. And now, like, he's back in the theater or something, I think, coming up. And you're going, wow, really? I thought he was done. Like, I'm like, I guess, I guess they got I enough research. Nicolas Cage will never be done. <laughs> not until they make Face Off 5. <laughs> but, but that's gone thing. in sixty-one seconds. <laughs> Actually, fifty-nine seconds. Got to be dad do better than the last one. <laughs> but that's that's the idea. It's just like you know, like he's like he. I think there, I saw a trailer and I'm like, it's coming out in the theater. Like that's amazing, you know, kind of thing. Like like I thought his career was pretty much over because he's been doing these direct-to-video stuff. But he's like, he just needs money, and he's just, you know, doing whatever he can. Cause, cause well, or maybe he's one of those actors who's got so much money he can do whatever the fuck he wants. He's broke. Like, yeah. 
Because he bought the I'm elephant Nick- man bones. <laughs> I'm Nicholas fucking Cage. I'm in Face Off. I'm in Ghost Rider. I'm in. I'm an Oscar winner. I could do whatever I want. I was. I was this close to being Superman, mind you. And as far as we know, you don't know. I might pop up in this new Flash movie as Superman. So shut your pie holes. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> He was buying crap, and he, you know, and he, you know, he's buying rare comic books and buying castles in different countries, and you know, spending way, spending way too much money than he had. You know, look, so. he might be cash poor, but he's, you know, got liquid. He's, you know, I'm sure, he, I'm sure, Nick's cage ain't hurting for money. He's hurting for money. That's why. That's why he did all his direct-to-video movies. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna look up Nicholas Cage net worth. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> all right, you do that. Nicholas Cage net worth. I'm net worth. All right. In 2021. Ready? Yes. He stands worth $25 million. <laughs> <laughs> Which that figure is very questionable considering the debt crisis he has been facing over the years. <laughs> Once upon a time, Nicholas Cage net worth was $150 million. And he was listed as Hollywood's highest paid actor where he can make around $40 million. All right, so maybe he is, you know, standing out in a sign going, we'll work for food. You know? <laughs> we'll work for cheap. <sighs> I'll do it Damn for it. $10 million. <laughs> He's lost over $100 million over the years, according to this article. <laughs> exactly right. Like, you know, you know and, and I mean, I'm not being credit, you know. It is what it is. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say one way or other how I feel. But it's just. It's the idea. And like, say with Bruce Willis, it's like, like somehow his career tanked somewhere. I don't know where it tanked. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Like, talking about Bruce Willis, he's always in these directed video movies. Here's the why. I tell you, because Bruce Willis can come and be a real fucking jerk on set. But that, that I that I that I've heard. You know, and I, I think we've talked about actually. His net worth is fourteen million dollars, Bruce Willis. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. His has net worth, which has estimated to be one hundred eighty-six million, one hundred eighty-six million dollars. But uh, name Bruce Willis net worth as of twenty twenty-one fourteen million dollars. Uh, <laughs> what is net worth in Indian rupees? I don't know why they said that, but <laughs> you know how much is Bruce Willis worth in twenty? Oh, see now, as of July twenty twenty-one, estimated worth of the actor Bruce Willis is. $300 million. He made his hundreds of millions fortune from his great performance in movies, which grossed hundreds of millions, and blah, blah, blah. So, all right. Tom Cruise's net worth, $600 million as of July 1st. Right. Just, just figured, just throwing it out there. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's <laughs> the that's the idea I'm, I think we're trying to get at is the fact is, is that the, the, the amount of money that they now make is not as pale in comparison to what they made before, and now they don't they're not getting like the starring roles to be in theaters anymore. And and I I'm, I'm like I said again with Bruce Willis I'm still not sure like what happened to him that like cuz it was like all of a sudden like you start seeing movies as direct to video and I'm thinking are they just releasing it because it was a movie that never made it and they just want to you know make some extra money off it. But we haven't seen him we haven't seen like the new Bruce Willis picture coming out. And of course you know we did talk about the fact that it got canceled. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I mean, if you look right now on 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 Netflix, he's got like, oh, like, oh, look, um, here's my number one movie, or he's got this interest. It's like, um, I'm looking. He's in 142 things, Bruce Willis, and the most recent one is 
Out of Death, <laughs> which is Jamie King and Bruce Willis. Midnight in the Switchgrass, which Cosmic Sin, that's the one that's on Netflix right now. Breach is also on Netflix. Uh, Die Hard is back. That's where he did the commercial for Die Hard Radio, Batteries. Uh, Hard Kill, Survive the Night, Trauma Center. Like, these movies are going... Uh, where is he at? Like, what? How's that happen? Apparently, he's on an episode of The Orville. <laughs> I mean, outside of Glass, that's the only thing I could think I've seen him in an actual movie theater. Yeah, but before but, but Glass, again, what was what was what was the last big thing that he was in that you could say, like that that was good? Like, wow. Holy smokes! Like I'm, I looked up his IMDb's, a lot of stuff announced, announced, announced pre-production, film. Right. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. There is that Marauders movie, which I'm interested in seeing because it was made in two. It was made in 2016. Never heard of it, but it's got the guy from. Um, it's got Spangler from. Um, we call it um, Law and Order. Okay, the last movie that I can say that was probably like his biggest kind of hit. In a way, I don't know if it was a hit or not type of thing. Was Death Wish in 2018? Yeah, I don't know. That might it might it made a it made a made a splash because it's a remake of the Charles Bronson movie. Yeah. But apparently, it's it's filled with like you know like oh, he's not he's not a good. The movie doesn't is I would not say is not the most political correct movie, which I think is where I got most of its uh, okay press from. <laughs> Because I'm like looking, I'm I'm going back a little further now. Because it's like you know, like I mean, uh, Glass was after that, and I think that did pretty well. Yeah, Split was before that. Uh, Once Upon a yeah, Time but... in Venice. I don't know if that was a, a no, no. Then let's see. <laughs> the next one is Sin City: A Dame to Kill For was 2014. Right. I mean, he got. Um, I mean, he was Motherless Brooklyn, but that's you know, again, not directive, direct to streaming. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what a rabbit hole we fell down. <laughs> I think What's I, Bruce Will- like GI Joe Retaliation Red Two. Like, these, like, you know, like, like this. This is like the twenty third. Right now, like, right that's... now, Bruce Willis is looking at this, his his audio thing, going, "Motherfuckers, I'm fine. Mind your own business." <laughs> <laughs> I, how I, I'm how trying I to figure out like where, where his what career went. None of your business. Like, Two schlubs from Philly. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where you where your career went crap. I, I, cause I'm that's, like, that's a matter of opinion. I don't think my career went crap, Ed. You know why? Because I still have one. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I went to from disagree. being a box office smash to just being a working actor. You know why? Because I can afford to be that way. <laughs> I, I You take your $14 a... million go. <laughs> <laughs> take your net worth and see how long you get along. I mean, let's face. It. I mean, well, I'm I'm sure he, you know the divorce to me took a lot out of him. Mm. You know, uh, I think he's got a couple divorces under his belt, and you know, everyone gets you know a half of a half of a half. You you're stuck with like a sixteenth of your net worth. Yeah, that's true. you know. So he's got you know kids. He you know he doesn't have to support, but I'm sure rumor might knock on the door. And go, hey, Dad, can I borrow a couple hundred bucks? Like, yeah, sure, you're my kid. Even though she's got a job too. I'm sure he loves his kids and supports them and anything they do, and maybe still like gives them a little something, something. Right? No, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. 
<laughs> start off like, hey, guess what? <laughs> Talking about somebody. contracts, Scarlett Johansson, we circled around to Bruce Willis. <laughs> Again, second time the show. He's like, I'm still mad at my dead, diehard six. I know what we can do. Put it on a streaming platform. <laughs> Netflix will buy it. Netflix will do it. They're, they they love throwing money at stuff. Can't we put it on that Hulu thing? Come on. Yeah, no, Hulu's owned by Disney. Shit. <laughs> Wait a second, though. I'm owned by Disney. Well, John McClane is. <laughs> is that where the adult stuff goes? Oh, my Hulu? God. See, now Disney should make a deal because you can change the Tower to Tower of Terror to the Nakatomi Tower of Terror. God damn it, writes itself. <laughs> right before, you know, you, you, you're, you pretend you're like a little sit-down ride and you're John McClane, you're running alongside of him and he gets ready to jump out and he goes, this is a bad idea. And then he jumps out and the thing explodes and that's when the, the Tower of Terror... <laughs> thing drops down from underneath you're like whoa best, and right best, best part is it's like a drop right because it's you know tower terror and it right. drops but you hear yippee ki motherfucker everybody I, ed that would be a requirement because he doesn't say it at that moment in the movie but you know if i'm on a tower if i'm on the nakatomi tower of terror ride just before that thing drops i'm yelling yippee ki motherfucker right but, just, but, but that's the thing. Like as people are walking by, if you get the whole car to do it, and people just from like someone over at the we call the teacup rides you, you going. Get, you, you get the you get the John McClane voiceover. You get Bruce Willis. And he's, sure. and he's he's yelling it out like as you drop. You know, maybe you got a motherfucker, and everybody screams. And then it's all you hear as you as you walk by as you're going the rock and roll roller coaster you hear bruce phillips yell out you be kanye motherfucker I mean, on your way to it's a small world <laughs> just, <laughs> just here it is be screamed over and over again <laughs> i was on the i was on the nakatomi tower of terror right and all i got was this lousy t-shirt and on the back you be kanye motherfucker <laughs> just it would just disney would be like yeah we just completely just said screw the rules <laughs> just Normally, you don't want to allow cursing, but I mean, it, it's his catchphrase. You can't have, you can't sell shit without it. Great. I'm going to pitch that. <laughs> Nakatomi Tower of Terror. I mean, no, it's Nakatomi Plaza, but it's, you, change, you change it. You got to change it. <laughs> got to make it fit. You got to make it pop. Because <laughs> all I have to do is just add Nakatomi t- to the sign, and that's it. Right, there you go. It. I saved you a few bucks instead of changing, changing the whole side. Just put Nakatomi on top. Done. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> and maybe with like a little mannequin of, of Bruce Willis hanging off the edge. There you go. You know, in a, in a, in a fire hose. <laughs> Shirtless. You know, just... <laughs> the wife beater with no shoes. Right. You there know, you go. That's it. Perfect. Right sells itself. Mm. <laughs> All right, that's all I got. I figure we go out on top. <laughs> oh, you got anything, Ed, Ed? You like to add? Just I had a great time doing this. I appreciate your work. Remember, Disney, if you plan on streaming this, pay us first. That's right. 
just saying, because, you know. It wasn't on their streaming servers. Yeah, the pay is a dime. Oh, speaking of, aren't we, uh, don't you have an announcement to make? I do. Aren't we on Amazon now? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so. Hey, by the way, kids, if, I don't know if you're listening to Geeksters, you might be listening to us through Amazon. If, if you are, we're just, Amazon let, we'll just music. You know right Thanks now. for listening. <laughs> If you're not so that, and, and you want to go listen through, like, you know, Alexa or whatever, you can call us up, you know, through Amazon Music. Wait, can you can you do Schmexa play Geeksters? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm going to have to try that out. I had to go, I have to use Schmexa because she's in the room, and if I use her real name, she'll be like, what? And I don't want to talk to her right now because I'm doing the show. She's attached to my TV, and I can turn her on and off, you know. Just, I don't want to be like, hey, play Geeksters, and all of a sudden you hear us in the background. That'd be weird. <laughs> I'd be amazed if you play one of our episodes. I'm gonna, the moment I hang up with you tonight, I'm going to be like, hey, Shmexa, play Geeksters, episode two. I don't know. Is, is that how it works? I don't know. I have no idea. I haven't tried it yet. No so. idea. You're like, hey, Sean, by the way, I put us on, we put, I put us on Amazon Music, and... Uh, uh, how do you get there? Well, it beats me. But we're there. <laughs> we're there. We're on Amazon <laughs> Music. Find us. Because that's where the podcasts go now, apparently. So I was like, oh, okay. And I saw, got a, a message or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, oh, might as well sign us up. Do, 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 done. That was easy. Yes. You're right. It was easy. We didn't have to pay nothing. Next, you know, maybe our podcast will go out in space at the next Amazon spaceship. There you go. <laughs> hey, look, there's two dicks in that big dick of a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> they'll they'll play the episode of us how, how what's the how many miles per hour to when you match your right at the uh the call the rate of speed of sperm as you ejaculate in space there you go <laughs> there you go find that episode kids it's a hoot <laughs> <laughs> anyway thanks for listening if you haven't already figured it out by now this is geeksters Go to Geeksters Radio on Facebook and give us a like. <laughs> Actually, this is Disney Plus. <laughs> You've been listening to Geeksters here on Disney Plus. <laughs> doom, doom, doom. <laughs> but follow us on Twitter at Geeksters. Uh, don't forget, if you want to contact Ed about anything you've seen on the show or here or just life advice, text, uh, email him at ed at wordswithgeeks.com. And if you could see something on this show, which is could be amazing, especially when it's a radio show. Contact Sean at Sean at wordswithgeeks.com. It's S-H-A-W-N. Excelsior. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It though. could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Take him away. Hey, boo. Boo.